This Week in League is brought to you by Sportsmate Mobile's League Live, the ultimate NRL app for league fans. Putting the NRL at your fingertips. News, scores, TV viewing schedules, match day information and more. Search for Sportsmate in the App Store or Google Play to download League Live today. This Week in League, Jason Taylor pays homage to Gallipoli as he sends his Tigers into no man's land to be slaughtered. Surprise, surprise, as the ex-Queensland coach picks a Fijian to play for Australia. Ludmobile van spotted at Panthers Leagues as the club attempts to fix Jamie Soward's burnt-out clutch. And we preview all the action for Round 9 of the 2016 NRL season. All that and more this week in League. Welcome to episode 219 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. Welcome to all our new listeners. As always, thanks for stopping by. Uh, Shout out to the new listeners um, and shout out to everyone who's been listening for years and years and years because you guys don't get enough credit either. Uh, Mailbag this week. We've got a few this week. Uh, Eddie NZ. This is one that probably speaks straight to you, really. Does a former captain hate their team more than Greg Alexander? Dude straight up murders them any time he gets a chance. I honestly hadn't noticed that. I hadn't either. Um, I, I, I found this amazing. That's why I wanted to see if you knew. I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't I, notice at all. I would say that that's perhaps more noticeable because any other person that commentates a game involving a team that they used to play for just absolutely jizzes all over everything I do maybe he's like trying to not be that guy and he's like so as a result he's going like you know, for, you know what I mean like he's forgotten the other way further well, to prove that he's especially not favouring them and and given the performance they put in last week yeah. I, I think anything other, th- other than murdering them would have been showing some, some amazing sort of bias or or alcoholism Giannis <laughs> underscore Mateus I'm going to try. I have to try and insert some stuff here to make it make sense, but I'm just going to go with what I thought. I still contend that a 63-year-old Mundine would still have more potential than TMB. Well, maybe, maybe not, maybe not T, but certainly the MB. Agreed. I don't know about that. Fucking calm down. How are you going to take fucking? How are you going to take Mundine's side over anybody? <laughs> Fuck that shit. Uh, Mister Nilsson, 27. I'm so glad the Tigers won the first two games this year so we could use the Tigers in decline hashtag again. Word, I was still using it in the first two games because, fuck, you got to back yourself. <laughs> you know, and, and if the football gods smile upon you, then as they have, they smile like a motherfucker at the moment. They're fucking giving me wristies and everything. All right, um, up 23. Well, as the hashtag of the year, sort of surely Tigers in decline, spelled T-I-6-E-R-S in decline, can't win next year. <laughs> Hey, look, the the one with the five in it hasn't hasn't quite won yet, but it's uh it's looking pretty promising. Yeah, I, I actually prefer that one. I, the, I was with thinking the, with the five. No, no, with the the six is the G. Yeah, I was already planning for yeah for next year. Yeah, so yeah. I was thinking uh, Tigers in with the six instead of the D in decline. Hey, how does that work? It's a circle with a stick above it. I see what you're saying, but I like the G much better. Yeah, the G it's it's good. Oh, Mup is is. Uh, He's been trying to get a hashtag home for a while now, and I mean, by by, by hitching his cart to the, the Tigers <laughs> decline bandwagon, I think he's found himself a couple of winners. <laughs> Hello, low-hanging fruit. <laughs> Alex underscore day underscore. Thoughts on Rapana's haircut? Dude's got a rude fucking head on him. Hash, Rapana. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what? You're the, you've, been, you've basically been assigned to be the the, yeah. the, the resident haircut and yep. X Factor expert yep. of the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, when your team puts sixty on someone, yeah, you could have a cock and ball shaved into the back of your head. Yeah, just like Stevie Wonder go fucking nuts. That's it. Do what and you no mean. one, no one can touch you, especially when you score an absolute fuckload of tries. Yeah, exactly. Like Rapana did as well. Exactly. And you know, any any dished like you know, he could have had like five or six if he wasn't dishing to BJ. Yeah, too. So just fucking no, tremendous. He, he could have bedazzled cornrows, and after that result, I'd, I couldn't say shit. What's like bedazzled cornrows? That kind of like Marsha Hines and Marsha Hines shit from back in the day. Killer Ranger. That's K I double L double A underscore Ranger. Presumably a red haired gentleman. My condolences on your lack of soul. Fuck you guys, crack me up, you funny cunts. Hashtag, guess what, Manly hates you too. So it's one of those dudes, aka legends. At Royal. This is regarding your, your chat about Cowboys fans. Yes. Being Broncos fans, or closet Broncos fans, or Broncos being their second team, and so forth. Yep. Wanting the Broncos to win as well, you know, if not, yeah, okay. No hedging for this Cowboys supporter. How many Broncos games have you seen this year? Blakely Mark II. <laughs> Well, I've seen all of them because I review them for the show. <laughs> yeah. How many have you been to personally? At least two. Two. Yeah, okay. But that's more more down the line of uh, they're the only team available in Brisbane. Yeah, okay, Glenn. So, oh, no, we know. We've heard it all before. <laughs> <laughs> it's official, guys. Jay has a second team. <laughs> Add that to your fucking X-Factor. <laughs> start, uh, start, start. See that that one, that one won't get a rise. You start out to me. think twice about throwing the blankets off in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> At Hammers, listening to the pod on the flight home. First thing I hear is a shout out. Best I've felt since the painters, painters arrived mid honeymoon. <laughs> poor timing, that. Oh no. <laughs> poor planning. Um, poor timing on her behalf. That's horrible. Can be plant can be can be counteracted with enough motivation, but I don't want to. I'm not don't want to put that on her, you know. <laughs> Surely she was very motivated, <laughs> given the honeymoon. <laughs> Look, at least you'd be guaranteed there wouldn't be any kids on the way. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you just got married and stuff, so you know, maybe maybe that's the idea. Maybe you know. Oh, slow down, son. <laughs> hey, look, I can't talk. My fucking missus was. 16 weeks pregnant on the day we got married. <laughs> <laughs> Admittedly, the, the wedding had been uh, being planned like from the December and it was you know, we were married in the October. It just so happened that in like the May or whatever, <laughs> things happen. Um, where are we? And congratulations on your wedding again, sir. At league underscore fan 81. Plenty of lols on the way to work this morning. I remember the BMX snack pack ad well, but forgot the slogan at the end until now. I swear, I remembered the BMX snack pack ad well as well, including like the music, and even I was starting to get some of the lyrics from the song where yeah. you know, the snack attack hits you, you know. But then until you, I, I totally forgot about the slogan until you said, yeah, if it wasn't for snack pack, and I was like, oh, fucking, I just got hit by this fucking rush of kid stuff. <laughs> I totally forgot until you said that first sentence. I, I had not thought about that for. Many you know what? Yes. The quality of advertising yeah. is declining like the Tigers. Well, if we could fucking pull something that's like... It, it'd be closer to 30 than 20. Closer. 
Jeez, Christ. And like that was like, I can, yeah, I can still pull out, I can yeah. still think of the tune and everything. Yeah. Today. What I don't know. What can you buy today? I fucking don't know. No. <laughs> Try uh, I I'm know. trying to think something for be the exception, but I really haven't got. I, d- I got did see all the Arnott shaped rage. Okay. About the new flavors. Okay. Apparently they're horseshit. By the way, the pizza shapes taste disgusting. Or yeah. It tastes different. You can't fuck with why shapes. Fuck, well, why are you gonna fuck with pizza shapes too? The finest of the shapes. Yeah. You know what? That'd be like being married to mm. Scarlett Johansson mm-hmm. and saying, "Look, I, I know everything's fantastic, but I just want you to go and see a plastic surgeon just just for a consultation." Yeah. <laughs> You know, and see what happens. Yeah, you, you don't fuck with something that's already perfect. Well, yeah, that's right. That's right. I agree. Huh. I think modern advertising. The only ad that's worked on me recently is when Hot and Spicy was coming back at KFC, and they had that ad on Twitter where it was with the pixelated stuff where it looked like the chick was giving the guy a hand job, and they've deleted the tweet after about an hour because they got deluged of people going, "Oh, who's the intern that put this up?" Yeah, I missed that. It was like a guy, like you got a scene. Beige scene, modern interior, two-seater couch, guy sitting on the left, of the, his left, so like sitting on the right hand of the frame, sitting on the couch, uh, looking at the girl who's sitting on the other side, on the, on the, beside him. She's reached over to somewhere in the vicinity above his lap, and it's all pixelated so you can't see what, uh. anything what's going on. And it was something about, you know, hot and spicy, you know, hashtag hot and spicy, I don't know. But they, they got fucking slammed by, you know, these people on Twitter. You know what? If you're going to do that, go the whole hog and show her taking a bite of hot and spicy. And well, then him holding going, a drumstick, like, above his groin no, no, area. No, no, just her, her, t- just like, her taking a bite of hot and spicy. Yeah. And then just leaning over to start to give him a bit of a gobble. <laughs> and him getting a bit of hot and spicy caught in his japsai and running and screaming <laughs> off camera. <laughs> See, you can't convey that in one still <laughs> shot. <laughs> Video, you know, you could find oh, that. Th- sorry, I thought this was a video. This, no, this was this was just a just a, a photograph. Uh, okay. And um, yeah, people on Twitter are like, oh, you can't do that. Fucking yeah. sp- good on you, spot on. And I'll tell you what, on that note, rugby league advertising is also fucked. Yeah, well, yeah, the fact that it's made completely no impact on me. Yeah. I can't even recall any. I don't even know what what are they advertising like is the there, games and stuff. Is there or? a theme song this year? You know how every year there's supposed to be a theme song. Ooh. Like there was the last one I remember was the Jove. I can't even remember that except it sort of sounded exactly like it's my life, eh? It's my house. Oh, that my house. Yeah, okay, I remember yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah. When was that? That was like a couple of years ago, that right? Was that three, was the three years years South one or even before that. I don't know. Might have been the fucking Manly East final year. Two thousand thirteen. There was that Jessica Malba one, but fuck if I could tell you how it goes. Yeah, no, it's... I'm not even trying to be funny. I just I've got no idea. She's not a patch on Tina. Yeah, well, I mean, everyone fucking remembers that, though, Yeah, exactly. To be fair, though, that, that song was absolutely, you know, it was huge anyway in its own right and flogged on the radio anyway. So this, you know, obviously Bon Jovi's... The, the thing about that Bon Jovi one that really shit me is they wrote that song specifically to be sold... To yeah, sporting organisations yeah. to be licensed to sporting organisations for so and so like in the states there was like you know an NFL team or someone yeah, that had, had it, it and there was like a hockey team like, I was like how like smart smart, smart <laughs> but I mean like how fucking cynical is that to say we're going to write this this fucking redneck anthem oh well, it's like I've always said that. for the express purpose of being licensed slash sold to sporting organisations I, I don't know why more people don't do it yeah but how much mileage do you get out of a song about leaving high school 
Remember when that Friends Forever song came out? Oh, yeah, but to be played at every school formal exactly. fucking ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Especially the American ones. That bitch is just going to sleep on a pile of money. <laughs> maybe, if she wrote it. Yeah. She may have just performed it. She's making maxi pads at hundreds. Yeah, maybe. Well, yeah, maybe she's performed it. Maybe it's like a Christine Aguilera or some rich fucking motherfucker wrote it. <laughs> Prince. <laughs> Prince. <laughs> well, he ain't spending money. Rest in peace, purple one. Big fan of Prince, were you? I was a huge Prince fan. I wasn't. I wasn't a huge fan. Until I found out he was uber religious. See, I, yeah, I, I didn't know that. Google the. I respect. Uh, I respected him. For, I respect oh, his, his skills. His style of music was never anything that I was into at the time. When you know, whatever it was at that given time, I, my main, my main um, things that I'm grateful to Prince for. Uh, one is the uh, closing guitar solo in Let's Go Crazy, mm. which was then sampled, a, p- a portion of that was sampled by Public Enemy and Brothers Gonna Work It Out, which is I fucking loved, and that was like continually looped through it, that yeah, part nice. of the guitar run, so that was amazing. And the other one, of course, being the, you know, game blouses, like you know, Charlie Murphy's True Hollywood Story, yeah. about the time him and Eddie went to Prince's Place to play basketball, which was just fucking I'll tell curious. you what, Google the, uh, the Kevin Smith lecture okay. on uh, when he did a documentary for Prince. Okay. Absolutely hilarious. Okay. Where did you release that? Was it like a YouTube thing? Or like, it's like yeah, a, it's a YouTube thing. One of those, one of those his... um, stand-up things, you know, those one-man one things? No, no, no. It was just he was giving a lecture at a, a film school or a university oh, okay. in the States, and someone asked him about okay. the Prince Docker. Ooh, I will, and of course, he's not saying that to me. He's saying it to you guys as well. So, do that. Yeah, do that. Um, that underscore rivet. Your idea... I think it says your mad idea of two strangers going to a room and fucking has happened in the UK. Check out Sex Box, a Channel 4 show over here. Dude, I saw that. <laughs> I would see, like, if, I was, if I was a more prepared type of person, I would have, I would have like, Googled and you know, just sent us some YouTube clips or something just so I could it, get a feel to talk more about no, it. No, I, I think you linked it. Uh, did you link it or not? I, I saw that tweet. No, I saw no, that tweet. No, you didn't link it. It's as bad as it sounds. Yeah. It's as bad as it sounds. See, yeah. it sounds great to me. So, is it? Is it? Is it? It underdelivers on the promise of the name. Is that what you're saying? Ah, uh, there's there's nothing in there. Yeah. You know? This is crazy. Like two strangers going to don't go into room. I mean, God, this is cool. You know, call the show fucking Twitter. You porn. ICQ. Mm. Those were the days. <laughs> <laughs> How fucked is that that we've got to back in my day for Tinder? <laughs> Swiping everywhere. Um, swiping, swiping the dick on the curtains. We had um, a fucking click in my day. <laughs> Man, we had a fucking type out of this ASL shit. My God, it was hard work. <laughs> this week in X Factors. Oh, God. At Sea Eagle Spur. Uh, Brayton Astor. <laughs> He's not the only one. Brayton Astor has said Penrith have a lot of X Factors in their team. Yes. Now, what have I said about X Factor being used by people who are of low IQ and can't form the words to express specific ideas. Yeah. Thank you, Braith. Voodoo Rock. Braith, clearly a big <laughs> J fan. X-factoring all over the place today. <laughs> uh, Mitch Door 13. So three times in five minutes, Channel 9, you're the real X-factor. <laughs> and these guys all very kindly check our favourites. They eh? very kindly uh, attach videos, video evidence of all this stuff, they which did. is tremendous. Um... Davey Salter. X-Factor is obviously a skill that some players have, Jay. And uh, he's got a, a screenshot 
of an article uh, about the Brisbane Broncos and uh, I don't have the complete census so I just have to you know assume what's being said but the this is yes, to say, you know, this is where Nick Arima, presumably it's about McCulloch and his injury. Yep. And the fact that Nick Arima may come and start in his place. Yep. Uh, this is where Nick Arima may struggle to have the same impact. And then he goes, then it's got blah, blah, blah. I can't see what it is. The next sentence, speed, agility, and X factor that Nick Arima brings. So he's, he's very kindly highlighted yeah, it for us so there as well. I saw that. Um, in case I missed it. The base Chapo. Is Jay's favourite comic book X Factor? And I replied to that. I didn't. I didn't see your reply. One, you didn't need to reply to the peeps. I, I said, "Shut your Liefeld loving mouth." <laughs> and if I didn't call him a piece of shit, I probably should. You piece of shit. Oh, it's, it's, it's implied when you said Liefeld loving. Uh, Tiger underscore Benji. I know it's unpopular, but believe you me. I'm a big fan of Jay, Jay's crusade against X Factor and other rugby league word crimes and cliches. Great man. I've always said so. He's a good guy, Benji. And I've um, been very quiet of late. I understand he's a busy man. Oh, he's probably been put off by all the fucking X Factor. Maybe. I mean, he's not offering anything, you know. If you come back, if you come back into a community and everyone's X Factoring all over the place, <laughs> turn around and walk out the fucking door. Adrian underscore Maitland. X-Factor is such a cunt of a term to use, but another one I hate is players being described as electric. What do you guys reckon? It's... Look, it's, it's probably not as widely used, and yeah. it, it's probably not as, as widely used for so many things that just should be described in actual words, but you know, I agree. Electric's a non-specific compliment that, that doesn't give any sort of information about what they actually did. The thing is, the sport in general is fed and revolves around cliches yeah and uh, I don't know why but it's it's obviously happened it, it, it's been that way and it remains that way and obviously from a broadcasting sense it works oh I yeah think. yeah which is why they continue buzz to words do it. power words whatever they call them and because we broadcast this show technically this week in X Factor will be an ongoing segment <laughs> as long as you guys keep bringing it uh, as long as you keep uh giving the X to us we'll keep uh, Twill's gonna give it to you <laughs> <laughs> this week in Luke Dawn the boys from SLP the Super League's pod back again this week so without further ado here we go Thanks, gents, and welcome to This Week in Luke Dawn. Loads of updates to bring you this week from a particularly high-scoring round 12 of ESL fixtures. Yeah, it all started on Thursday night with Wigan Warriors uh, at home to the Huddersfield Giants. The real Slim Shady Anthony Gelling partied like it was a Townsville Holiday Inn, throwing offloads galore as he helped Wigan to a 26-19 win over poor old Huddersfield. Okay, so defence may not have been a priority as Saints came out on top against 11th placed reigning premiers, the Leeds Rhinos, by 38 points to 34 this week. Young French international Theophage bagged a brace, whilst talented three-quarter Johnny Lomax did likewise on his return from 13 months out injured with two knee reconstructions. Most notable for Leeds was former Brisbane Bronco Mitch Garbutt making two clean breaks, as well as some good yards down the middle. Meanwhile, Widness were hosting Warrington. The razzle-dazzle was out in force as Kurt Gidley inspired Warrington 
to uh, put near neighbours witness to the sword on the plastic pitch by 48 points to 16. Ashton Sims amongst those who had a big game for the wire. The NRL's retirement home entry into this year's Super League competition registered its seventh consecutive victory this week as the Catalan Dragons ran out 42 points to 32 winners over the Salford Red Devils. Notable performances in this one from Dave Taylor who managed one try assist in 121 metres and for Catalan Dragons sorry for Catalan Dragons and Junior South for the Red Devils who got a hat-trick one try assist and 123 metres. Wakefield were beaten at home by Hull FC. Uh, Old Gareth was lucky to stay on the pitch for Hull FC, but with the help of Mark Minicello and Fatuli Talanoa, his black and white side were big winners at the previously informed Wakefield. And the surprise result of the round saw previously woeful Hull KR come away with a 58 points to 16 win over the Castleford Tigers. No one did anything of note for the home side, but former Paramount Eel Ken Seo bagged two tries, two try assists and 215 metres, whilst former Miss Cronulla Albert Kelly weighed in with one try, three try assists and 129 running metres. All that leaves a three-way tie still at the top of the table with Warrington leading from Catalan and Wigan. Uh, at the bottom, the Huddersfield Giants have been joined on four points by Salford Red Devils, docked six points for historic salary cap breaches. On to Facebook. This week I had a couple of Facebook messages. First one from uh, Justin Foley. Just listen to the latest episode. Not happy with the call that Cowboys supporters support the Broncos. I am a cowboy supporter, and I fucking detest those shit-eating, cum-guzzling supporters who wear those shit-house half-and-half jerseys. Just a quick aside, I don't think I've seen such a thing. Do they exist? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I've seen such a thing. Oh, that's horrible. Are they, like, front one, back the other, or are they literally split down the middle? And where does someone acquire these? I've seen a couple of cricket supporters. Okay. Like, if there's... uh, I know a bloke who's an Indian bloke who now lives in Australia. Yeah. And he supports both teams, and he's got one fucking that his wife made for him. Fucking subcontinent trader. Yeah. And uh, he's, he, sorry, he comes to say, come the revolution, those fuckwits will be the first to die, because I'll fucking kill them. I, for one, hate the Broncos, always have, always will. Best thing ever beating those knob jockeys in the grand final. Love the show. Thanks, mate. Well, you're obviously now on a watch list. Yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> And yeah, so as, as it turns out, the Cowboys don't you know don't necessarily. Some of them quite object to being to being tarred with that brush there. Some friend. of them do, but I, I still put it out there. I was going to say the there's far more than majority. There's far more than two Cowboys of Cowboys fans. fans. To show. Yeah, Cowboys fans <laughs> yeah. hedge with the Broncos. There you go, Cowboys fans. Just as uh, they'd also hedge with the Storm because of the Smith Cronk and Slater factor. Now I find that's that's not necessarily a Cowboys thing, but that is very much a, a Broncos thing. thing, and Broncos more yeah. specifically, which is weird after the way that the Storm broke their hearts in the two thousand eight, you know, in the semis. Yeah, like why why could, why would you like a team that you know why could you ever want to see success for a team that did that to you? Oh, but no, they fucking hate Ashton. They hate Ashton Sims. But yeah. no, he, I mean, but no, the Storm are the ones that scored the points at the end. Yep, motherfucking team could have made a fucking. They could have made another tackle and won. He didn't swap jerseys. Mm. And now we've got a story from Aaron. I don't know if he wants to put his last name in it, but this is uh, basically a... It's almost like a, a return to the Saguna stories. Ooh. Although, um, he said this one is, is uh, actually true, so... <laughs> <laughs> this player is nowhere near as good as any player story that Saguna could come up with, but I would still like to share it with you. 
This goes back to 1994, when players still had part-time jobs. I used to work in North Sydney, and there was a particular street that was a clear way until 9am. Most people start work at 9am, so they'd run the risk and park there at 8.50am and dash up to the office. I used to walk past this street daily around this time. There was also a park next to the street. I once spotted a parking inspector hiding in the bushes in the park. He popped out at 8.55am and booked all the cars already parked there. I spotted this guy doing this several times a week. I thought to myself, what a cunt. He was probably making his quota for the day by 9am. One day I got close to him and recognised him. It was Jason Taylor, who was playing for North at the time. Moral of the story, he was a cunt then and he's a cunt now. And as he gets older, his cuntiness only gets greater. Wow. And I'm like, legit, he was a fucking traffic warden. And he's like, yeah. Yeah, legit. Had the fucking the, the cowboy hat there. Oh, no. <laughs> that speaks volumes about an individual. Oh, I think anyone... I mean, like, you know, no offence to any, any members of Tool Nation, but, yeah, I mean, it takes a, it takes a special mm. oh, special type of person. Not to necessarily to be a ticket guy. You've got to do what you got to do. Yeah, no, but to, but to, to like, to, to, to relish the, yeah, and like, yeah. To, and to like relish the, the task and, yep. you know, delight in fucking people yeah. over by one minute, that sort yeah. of thing. That's, that takes a, a, a special grant of human. It's horrible. It's that, Sub-human give, even. give them a little bit of authority. Yeah. They're like the, they're, they're like the Stanford experiment people. They're the ones yeah. who will like just be kicking shit out of, out of their yep. best friend after, you know, yep. the roles get, in, get taken. Yep. I hear, um, now, uh, more serious note via email this week. Uh, got one from uh, James. I'm not sure if he wants his last name out either, but I said, hi, boys. Uh, my name is James, or Fijian Eels on Supercoach. I've been a listener for about three to four years now. I hardly contacted you boys as I don't have Twitter or Facebook. I love my footy and my eels and enjoy listening to you boys every week before the round starts. The real reason I'm writing this, though, is that something has recently happened to me that changed my whole perspective on everything. Earlier this month on a Friday, I started to get really bad dizziness and headaches. Being a normal, healthy, young 25-year-old bloke, I was under the impression that she'll be right, mate, but my wife made me go to the docs. He was under the impression it was vertigo or something to do with my ears or something and prescribed me some Stematil and told me to see how I go over the weekend and come back on Monday if I'm still dizzy. Monday comes, I was still really dizzy and had bad headaches, so the doctor and my wife pushed me to get an MRI on my brain, and I'm glad they did. I was shocked to find out that I have a brain tumor in the stem of my brain, which is called diffuse intrinsic ponting glioma. For most neurosurgeons, this brain tumor is inoperable due to the brain being such a delicate part of the due to the stem being such a delicate part of the brain. Thankfully, I've been able to get an appointment with Dr. Charles Teo, who operates on the inoperable. So he's hoping he can uh, he can with mine too. So here's the real reason I wrote this email. We blokes have the tendency to think everything's okay no matter how bad certain symptoms are. I was the same, and if not for my wife pushing me and my doc, I wouldn't have found this tumor, and who knows how bad it could have got. Please, if there's something going on with your body that's not normal in your day-to-day life, go to your doctor, get it checked, as you never know what it might be, and if you can get early detection on something life-threatening, then you'll be thankful that you did. Kind regards, James. Go the mighty eels. So, Jesus Christ, James. Yeah. First of all, mate, thoughts, vibes, prayers, whatever you want to call it, from from everybody, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. But um, second of all, in complete contrast... To the fucking gutter scum that Jason Taylor is. Yeah. What a remarkable human being who, when he's going through something that heavy, mm-hmm. can use it as a, a positive for other people. Yep. And use it as a, a cautionary tale for other people to mm-hmm. to help improve other people's lives. That, uh, that says lots about you, sir. 
It does. It does. And then follow up to this, and like I like I sent I sent you that email. Yep. And I pro I don't know if I, I, this one came after like you know the day later or you know something. I got an email from his wife Melissa. Um, behind his back <laughs> saying that, that um that they've got a GoFundMe page set up to assist the family with the treatment costs and like just helping out because he goes he, he goes to work but you know obviously with the dizziness and things like yep. that you know his capacity is reduced and you know he, he doesn't get to work full days and stuff so um I'm going to put the link to that rather than just like you know spinning out a URL um, over here that you'll forget. I'm going to put it on our website on the the show notes for this episode. Um, so if you're one of the early listeners who pick it up you know, at midnight or whatever, you know, hold off till you know 10 a.m. or something like that to go to the website because I'll put it up and I'll put the episode up. And uh, if I forget somehow because edits of these shows do go very late, um, make sure you hit me on Twitter and, and tell me to fucking put it up. Yeah, keep it out there, spread it around. Um, finally, membership, it's up. Go to the This Week in League members website, thisweekinleague.com uh, forward slash membership, I think. There's a if not there's a membership link anyway on the main menu, so just on the top of the page. So go there and um, it'll be linked up in everything anyway. But uh, you can go straight there and it's got all the stuff on there. With the hat, getting prices and things like that, the hat is not working out really to be economically viable as part of the membership because just based on my preliminary, you know, putting it out there, it seems like it's the item that is less people you know it appeals to less people kind of thing what sort of hat was it uh snapback so so got a lot of people so got a lot of people on there um that want the hat so it's going to be it's going to be a product but it's going to be like one that goes through the pre-order because i just i just can't predict like the numbers on that one like i can on on the other things so um because seriously what what's going to happen here if you put them in the memberships yep there's going to be a hundred of these things out in fucking circulation they're all going to get donated to the fucking Smith family. <laughs> and then the next thing we're going to see is there's a gang of 12-year-olds in sub-Saharan Africa <laughs> calling themselves the Twill Nation doing all sorts of fucked up shit and that's just bad PR. So I think that's the right move. Look, I swear, honestly, if there was like some Coney situation <laughs> called themselves the Twill Nation... <laughs> I actually like like you know I wouldn't you know, I wouldn't approve of like their you know their 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 uh, you know child abduction and you know child child forcing people into their armies and things like that. I wouldn't necessarily uh, agree with that policy. <laughs> However, you know <laughs> domination yeah you know, maybe taking over like Rwanda or something. Yeah, you know, I could deal with that. Especially if they you know they knew about the show and you could go over there and it'd be just like you, you know, know what I'd probably I'd probably pay to get three or four of them. You know, these 13-year-old bloodthirsty mercenaries? Yeah. Send them to Blake Ferguson's house. Yeah. I say get some, bring some blood diamonds first. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, membership on the website. Get in there now. Um, I've been getting... I've got the, the, the quotes and everything back from all the, the various components of, of the membership that you'll see. And, uh, you know, most of them only sort of take nine or ten days to, to do. So we turn around pretty quickly. So just allow a couple a couple of weeks. I'll, I'll let the pre-order go for a week just to give me an idea of the, the numbers. I'm going to make at least as many as last year. But because um, the idea is to try and keep it so that there's, there's enough, but but not quite, you know, there's enough to, so that everyone from last year can get in, but there's, and there's enough for, you know, allowing for some new people, but there's still enough it's that, limited. It, that it completely sells out and it is, then there are, and unfortunately, you know, there are people that miss out. So it's, you know, yeah. we try and keep it a bit scarce. So that's, that's the plan anyway. So I just need to figure out how, how many more I had this year. So I'll do that based on the initial response, but um, yeah, 
if you're in if you're in last year, you'll be in this year. Don't worry about that, unless you're really fucking slow. But um, yeah, get up there. So go to thisweekinleague.com and uh, go to the membership link on the page, and you'll see it's all updated there. It'll have the inclusions. Uh, it'll have a link to where you can go and buy it. And uh, yeah, the price stays the same. There's no CPI increases in this motherfucker. There's some good swag in there. Yeah, <laughs> throwing twenty dollars on a jersey like these fucking <laughs> criminal <laughs> rugby league clubs. Fuck them bitches. First story, just really quickly, Kangaroo Team came out for the uh, game against the Kiwis, and uh, there's some selections there, I suppose. It'd be interesting to talk about. Three selections, really. Well, two big ones, but there's a couple other little ones to talk about as well. Semi Radradra on the wing. Semi, yes. Semi Australian. That's fully, true. Fully Fijian, really. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, you know what? If he fits within the selection criteria, yeah, then then he's been picked for Australia. You mm-hmm. know, everyone can have their own opinion on it. Yeah, but you know, the the selection doesn't work on opinion; it works on who's eligible. And if he fits in the current eligibility criteria, then then that's fantastic. Instead of instead of all these people trying to talk about how they, you know, uh, they want Fiji and rugby league to yeah yeah to yeah. thrive and you know have a, a viable worldwide game. Everyone talking about the fact that Fiji won't have semi radrada means that rugby league won't be an international product. Yeah, it absolute horseshit. Well, it is it is indication. Like I've got no problem with him playing under the eligibility, same as you. However, it does it is it is evidence of the fact that the eligibility criteria and the way they cycle it and, you know, World mm. Cup user, it's it's bullshit. I mean, I know, like, I hate the way that, that New Zealand seemingly plunders everybody in terms of, you know, rugby union for the All Blacks mm. and Pacific Islands. And I just, I hate that, that, you know, it seems that we're going that way as well. And I mean, it's been happening for years, obviously, in small in small doses. Yep. The main thing, the, for me, if, if Sammy's playing for Australia, then fucking make him, then, then he can play for New South Wales. As far as I'm concerned, Did, didn't we establish though that 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 falls under the ARL or the IRL and Something. state of origins and agreement between yeah. NSWRL and QRL? Yeah, and they're completely separate because yeah. that makes a lot of sense. I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I just mean Lottie Takiri and Petro Simon Deceiver seem to get through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but um, the I, I really wish that all these people that are bitching about. Uh, this selection the in and of itself killing, killing international rugby ruining league. the international rugby league via ruining Fijian rugby league yeah. like it was going to be the saviour yeah. I'd really like to see them putting all of that energy into something like maybe having a combined um, Pacific Island Nations team why not have a, like a, a instead of a test against the Kiwis why not have if you're going to you want to have like a rep weekend sort of thing why wouldn't you have like a even like a series, get sixteen, like a six nations sort of thing. Yeah, get everyone in, and then everyone's locked in. Exactly. You know, Milford. You, oh, too bad. You bad. You got you got a uh, you got shit canned for Queensland this year. I mean, so yep. you, you can play fucking some. Oh, boom. But that's what I'm saying. You, yeah. You know, you you look at the talent that would come out of those those teams, Samoa and... Yeah, and this is the eligibility thing too, this cycling thing. I understand that you want amazing players to play representative football and mm. they might not necessarily... If they, you know, Fiji might only play a test once every blue moon, fuck it, give them more tests. How do you do the eligibility? How about something like 
I'm trying to think of a... I'm thinking of a document that you could have that would establish the country that you're from and the country that you're a citizen from, even. If there was such a document that would establish that, that you could use, there was an official document that, you know, couldn't be... Yeah. Couldn't be... Uh, you know, denied, or it couldn't. It doesn't cycle around every two, two but to four years. In, in professional sport, yep. you, you're never going to get perfect eligibility. Like, look at the, look at the Olympics. I mean, citizenship's pretty good, though. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. But, but Olympics is citizenship, though. Exactly. I mean, you get How many people, times someone moves get, to another country. Yeah, but that's also because they've got like you know, they still take a while to get their citizenship. They might miss an Olympics, yep. but they'll train on for you know a couple of years yep. and they'll get the next one. But that's fine because they're still like they've still got to wait like seven yeah. years or eight years or something. You know, they've got to wait a while before that happens. Yeah. So that's fine. If some, if like, if Sammy wants to fucking become an Australian citizen, go through the, go through the whole process and all that thing. Properly. Great. Yep. You're Australian. You play for New South Wales. You got, you know, you got documents that says so. Yep. But as, as a larger issue, I still think there's, you're hundred percent right that if Fijian rugby league is to improve and be the savior of international rugby league, yep. they need more opportunities. And I think they'd have a better chance as a combined um, yeah, they would, but it's Pacific only like, Island nation. It's nations. only like two or three Fijians, you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. So like, yeah, there's two or three Fijians. There's... I reckon they should be playing. I reckon if you're going to, you know, there are there are periods of the, time, of the year, you know, like when they want to do representative things, like yep. where, you, where you've got a bunch of players free. Yep. Put them into their teams that they should be in. That's it. And get them playing against each other. I mean, they have, they do this to a, you know, a small extent, you know, with Tonga and that, but I yep. mean... But Once a year is I'd, not enough. I'd wager that a combined, you know, Samoan, Tongan, um, PNG, Fijian team yeah. would be very, very impressive to watch on the field. And all they need is a bit of time to gel with each other. Look at what's happening in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, but they need yeah. once again one game a year. They, they not, exactly. You know, they're not going to gel for one um, week leading up to one, their one game of the year. So the the only thing I'm, I would like to have seen maybe in, instead of semi, yep. um, because there are there, there's some fantastic wingers out there. Yep. At the moment, uh, this, this might have been a fantastic opportunity for for a little bit of exposure for somebody like Corey Oates, you know, who's just playing out yep. of his skin at club level. Yep. And and he's going to be a rep player of the future. Yep. If you don't have a selection, you know, uh, other than semi, you know, put him in there. It's it's the mid year mid year test against the Kiwis. They yep. never really put much opposition up this time of year. Yep. They taught, they play their best footy at the end of the year. Um, but you know, all in all, it is what it is. And he, he's not my problem with the selection. Yeah, so now we get to the problem <laughs> the problem person. Um, Blake Ferguson on the other wing. Look, excluding... If you take everything off the table, all these finger-blasting women against their will and, and so forth, just take that off the table just for five seconds. He's playing terrible football at the moment. He's fucking hopeless. He's lackadaisical on the football field. He's... he's fucking awful at the moment he doesn't deserve selection on name on merit on past form on current form then you bring into the fact that he's a fucking you know women abusing you know sex offending fucking you know low life piece of yep. shit and the the reasons you know the reasons the list of reasons not to have him inside just get longer and longer I don't fucking understand that selection at all it's bullshit. The media seems to want to push this, uh, this redemption narrative, especially now he's fucking buddied up with his mate fucking Dugan. Oh, I just... You just can't support a team in that shape. It, it, it really does 
shocked me. And and I could understand, um, you know, like okay, Greg Inglis, even though he's a little bit out of form at the moment, like you said, on past form, he's almost the guy that's done it at, at Origin and Test level enough that he's almost the guy that slides in. That's it. Yeah. And he is the sort of level of player and talent of player. Doesn't say, play centre in his club. That's it. However, for being Greg Inglis, yep. he'd slot in there. Um, Blake Ferguson is not fucking Greg Inglis. No. Um, and and never never ever will be. It it's re- and I actually thought about you know writing a, an open letter to the NRL along the lines of it. It's fucking wonderful that you give pieces of shit like him a platform. Yep. for redemption and yep. and that he's done his time and I think the quote Mal had was oh, the, he's done it tough and he's come back better for the experience um, A he brought upon himself B he, no he hasn't so you know the young girl that he sexually assaulted so you go fuck yourself and your murderous brother yeah I'm 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 sure that she's found you know redemption as well and that she's yeah. by by playing professional sport has managed to put this horrible ord- ordeal behind her mm-hmm. you know that sort of shit's a life sentence for people and it probably and it probably makes her feel better that the guy that did it is you know is, is going so well. Yeah, that's it. And and he's redeemed himself so much. It probably makes her and, feel. feel and re- regular listeners of the show will will know, you know, the opinions on this very very well. But yeah. in, anybody knew that the standard line is, once you behave like that in that sort of manner, yeah, completely unacceptable to represent you your state, your country, even your team. Yep. Um, it it should be a, a death sentence for your rugby league career. Yep. You absolutely have the right to earn a, earn a living. Yep. You just don't have a right to earn it in the sport of rugby league. That's it. Um, uh, Michael Morgan, well-deserved oh, um, yeah. in on the bench. Josh Maguire, well-deserved, probably should be starting. However, Paul Gallen's in the side, and like despite what we've said about Paul Gallen you know, in terms of origin everything, his form at the, at lately has been undeniable. Like his last couple of weeks, it's been amazing. He's been playing club football, but playing like amazing. So, like, I'm actually, I'm, I'm all for him being inside. Yep. Um, you know, Matt Scott's incumbent. You know, the, you know, Cameron Smith and Cooper Cronk haven't been amazing at the moment. Although it was very timely, good performance for those guys on the, on Monday night. Even though they would, they would have been automatic selections anyway. Yeah, they would. But have been. I mean, you know, better this week than the week before, sort of thing. But again, you know, in in a team of people you don't play with week in week out. Yep. The experience is always going to get the yeah. nod. And you've got you know you've got a lot of people there with you know in terms of you know your origin combinations as well you know yep. Thurston in there as well and exactly. Boyd in the fullback spot instead of the wing but you know he's going okay Still, as well. I, I don't get this Darius Boyd myth. Yeah, he's yeah. a good player, he's a solid player, but I think in any team that he's ever been a part of, he would be one of the top three most easily replaceable players in any of those teams. Yeah. I don't know about top three, but yeah, I see what you're saying. I think he's over. I think he's overrated. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, but as far as this, in terms of this is this Australian team at this time of season, probably fair enough. I think to stick him in there, mm. given the fact that Slade is not available, and you know Boyd would probably they must feel like they have a centre crisis to put Inglis there, but Inglis hasn't been going great anyway. Well, yeah, again, what what does Lockie Coote have to do? Yeah. Besides winning, yeah, but I don't. Th- yeah, but I don't think going. I don't think he gets. Yeah, he he gets slotted straight to the Australian side either. I mean, Tedesco's the same. I think he's fucking amazing. I think Tedesco's, you know, should between the two of them. If you're talking Australian team, yeah, I'd give uh, I'd give Kurt the nod simply based on the team combinations with Thurston and Scott and Morgan. Yeah, 
yeah, but I mean, you're not going to put him straight. In. You, I mean, you, you could experiment with that. You know, that maybe uh, if you were in a situation where you had uh, like a, a World Cup or something, where you know you had a, a number of matches, and you know you you, yeah. you can experiment. Like you don't yeah, put him yeah. straight into a once-off test, though. But I'd still, I think Boyd, Boyd's the guy because Boyd, you know, the combinations he has, Boyd has those combinations at a representative level. But so. they're, they're coming out now in all the articles saying. You know, defending the selections of you know Dugan and and Fergie Fergie. There's, no, there's, there's no defense for, for that shit. But they're, they're saying, oh well, we we picked it on form, and based on form, they're the best choices. Blake Ferguson's not playing any good on the fucking in the fucking yeah, Sanders. What's he going to do in the wing? And Lockie Coote is the form fullback of the competition. Yeah, one. He's 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 one. He's one of them. Hmm. The thing he's one of them. I mean, Boy- and, but Boyd hasn't done anything wrong either. I mean, like he's still been solid as well. And plus, he's got the Origin combinations with, you know all of the guys in the crucial positions. So, you know, the combinations that, that, that Coote has, Boyd has the same, you know, with those players plus the Storm players and plus, you know, the other guys. I suppose it's, he'll just do what he's told if he's constantly searching for a father figure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Were you my dad, Mel? <laughs> oh, fuck, I wish Bevan was around. Um, <laughs> the bigger... The biggest story of the week, of course, Trent Robinson hit with a $40,000 fine on Tuesday night over his sensational, as in, you know, amazing, as in not not sensational, as in great, uh, Anzac Day outburst at referee Ben Cummins. But it was an exchange between one of the game's most powerful club figures and the new NRL chief executive in the Allianz Stadium tunnel that's captivated attention in league circles. Nick Politis, the rich and powerful Sydney Roosters chairman, vented his fury over the use of the competition's latest officiating toy, the $2 million bunker, at Todd Greenberg, soon after the team's 20-18 defeat to St. George Illawarra. In a confrontation that illustrated the anger flooding out of the Roosters, a sentiment demonstrated before the cameras shortly afterwards with the head coach's news conference spray, Politer said he was uh, said to have taken Greenberg to task over the growing influence of the bunker. It was Greenberg in his previous post as NRL head of football who was a driving force in the introduction this season of the new Redfin-based video review system, which Robinson blamed on Monday night for the soft calls that cost his team a chance at victory against the Dragons. Oh, I've got all this, and I just don't feel like reading it because social media has been a painful place over the last couple of days and the main reason is um, Roosters related stuff yep it's been quite painful and look they had some bad they had some bad calls mm-hmm. against and I agree I agree there was some, you know, there's probably some soft calls here and there and things missed I mean but there were also things missed like you know the forward pass in the set that led to one of the Roosters yeah, tries it, there was the drop ball that led to another Roosters try the, I mean, they weren't in yeah, you know, maybe maybe a soft call at a crucial time may have cost you an opportunity for possession and maybe, you know, you might have won the game. But you wouldn't have been in a position to be that close to win the game if you hadn't had two tries that you shouldn't have got either. I mean, the, bad calls happen all the time. Yeah. To every team. That's it. There is no team that escapes 100% of the bad calls. Because guess what? Referees, even bunker officials, mm-hmm. are human. And there is so much of our game that's open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. There is so much of our game. And I've, I can't believe that this got to the level it was and that the common knowledge just escapes people that when it's your team that's playing and there's a ball and there's a player trying to ground it and there's five people on top of him and you cannot see the ball, mm-hmm. if it's your team, your head goes, yeah, of course that's a try. Yeah, you got it down. I know that player. I watch him every week. Definitely got it down. Exactly. And and if it's not your team, oh, he's obviously held up. There's a player that I can see whose arm would really be underneath yeah. that. It's obvious. Well, yeah. But when coaches come out 
and spray the referees and say they are the reason that we lost the game. That makes me so fucking mad because you, you could only say that if your team let in no points, had no errors, yeah, and the other team, you know, uh, didn't didn't have any possession at all because any knock-on, any drop ball, any bad choice by a player is just as much a reason for the loss as one refereeing decision. Yeah. Not letting yourself get way, way behind is, is another it's, thing. I don't get mad when people spray the ref because it's a tactic. All this is, it's just yeah. Robinson, Ro- Robinson is just priming the refereeing community to, to let shit slide or be extra mindful before they put the whistle in their mouth when they're refereeing an East game. Then you get the thing where he's talking about, oh, Cummins does this and Cummins does that. Like I, I, I will admit, I don't know about the Cummins situation specifically, but I, I, the referees do at times get a bit stroppy with players. They but also they're, be, they're being They're being like assailed by the players the whole time though too like players yeah. coming up to them every break of play having a bitch about something so I can understand that but they, it's their job and they should rise above that you know professionally and, the, and you know try and do that the only one I thought was was a really really bad call yeah. was the um, was what's his name Napper's big hit the one with the head clash and the, with the guys two guys coming in no, corner but, and, yeah. no 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 the, the late the late tackle it was okay. just Napper by himself okay. he's come in and they've put him on report and they've given a penalty yep. and Jake Friend said and I, I agree completely with what he said. He said just because it was hard doesn't mean it was late. Yeah. But that that's really about the only one that I saw that was blatantly wrong. Yeah. During yeah. that game, there was some stuff missed, and there was some fifty fifty. Yeah, and the timing but, of the Napa one was unfortunate. But once again, you know, you got two mm. tries for free as well, and the bunker should have, you know, well, you know, you can't rule forward passes. I guess that one's out, you know, mm. out of it. But <sighs> it's a tactic. I mean, Des Hazel is obviously masterful, you know, the the modern the modern guide at doing it. Yep. And just by putting all the focus on the referees, at taking all the focus off his his unperforming players, yep. and putting all the focus on the referees the next time his team plays. Uh, so, and you know, ultimately getting favour. I, I would almost fucking bet the house that the Roosters win the penalty count next week. Yeah. Or this weekend coming That's up. It. I, I guarantee it. Then you look at the Ben. The Ben Cummings has, Cummins has become a thing, but Cummins they've had. Their last 14 games, they've split 7-7. Seven and seven. Yeah. And that's probably a record that most teams would have with you know, many referees. I mean, obviously, there's going to be exceptions there. In real, for example, Chechen, you know, pretty much officiating manly out of nearly every game he referees. But, you know, it happens. And not, not to mention, I think they won 4-5 of five under Cummins in 2013 when they won the comp. Yeah. So, yeah. let's let's just stop that, you know, Ben Cummins hates us. Very short memory, well. coaches. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um. And now what they're what they're talking about? It could even be like John Grant, the the commission chairman. He's uh, saying that the Roosters are running an orchestrated campaign against Cummins, and um, and and Bill Harrigan said that Robinson is skating on thin ice with his public comments about Cummins. He said, "I think he's probably walking the line very closely to a defamation suit." When you start making defamatory remarks about a referee, saying he's based on cheating, you've got he's biased or cheating. You've got to be very careful. Yeah, that's um look, I'm I'm not any sort of legal expert on on that style of thing in terms yep. of what is and isn't yep. defamation. Um but, you know, he's, it it sounds like a sort of thing that may prevent him from from earning a living or hurt his professional reputation or yep. or what not. Um I I don't think there's been too many of the actual um try decisions this year that I've seen that have been Horrible. The only thing I'd really like to be reviewed is the um, obstruction rule. Yeah. 
that I think's gotten a little bit silly in terms of well everything looks absolutely fine there was actually no yeah but they actually I mean they have it they have it that's pretty black and white now too like if the player runs a line yeah if the player runs a certain line then that's it but even so much as so don't do it, and that and that's very controllable by the attacking team. But even things don't like the, the, the player received the ball uh, after, uh, you know, on the outside shoulder off. Yeah, that's that's fine because it's black and white. It's not that's that's not subjective. I mean, if that happens, oh, no, I'm not saying I'd like yeah. a change to how the bunker adjudicates the current rules. Yeah. I'd really like a change to the rules to actually talk more about was there an actual no effect? because that's when it gets uh, that's when it gets subjective and that's when you get people like Paul Gallen fucking throwing themselves on the ground uh, and right. and that's when you're going to get defensive diving and people are going to get real good at it people already are real good at yeah, it I suppose I'm living <laughs> in fantasy land yeah I mean if you, if, you make it, if you make it black and white where you know the runner has to run a certain line or the pass has to hit you know when the player's in a certain mm. position that's black and white and I like that because black and white means that there's no you know you might not like it and there might not be any actual obstruction but it's just like a forward pass or what you know like if you throw a forward pass it may not be an advantage the, but yeah, you just can't do it yeah yeah, yeah you, fair you, cool. you, just, you can't do it and um so that, me around. So, so that would be that would be fantastic and I mean I think people still they still need to realise as well with the bunker that if they can't conclusively say anything, they do still go off. You know, the referee sends mm. it up as what he thinks, and then they have to defer to that unless they can overrule it. So, mm. you know, we all want the referees making their decisions on the ground, but if they send it up as a as no try and the and the bunker agrees with them, yep. then all of a sudden, you know, oh, the bunker's fucked. No, it may have been unsighted, it may have been yeah, whatever. That's the rule. But your referee on the field, that you want the referees to make the decisions? So your referees you made prefer, a decision. Would you prefer it was just a no fight? Would you prefer it was just no try straight away and not yeah. look at it? I, you know, and and finally, my final thing on this 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 subject is I've seen a lot of Roosters fans on social media, and they're like, the quality of the NRL this year is just terrible. The quality of the games is so bad. I'm actually like not as interested in rugby league anymore. I'm going to watch AFL. Fucking wake up to yourself. Yeah. The the quality of the games is more or less equal to what it's ever been yep. at at this stage of the season. We're getting some incredible fucking matches. Yep. We're getting some matches that well to be fair, I mean I say we get some bad matches, but we're I not getting that, anything like these. Remember there was that triumvirate of it was either either Cronulla, Parramatta or Newcastle. Newcastle. On a Monday Any combination night. of those guys together. Yeah. Those games were absolutely diabolic and we had a, we haven't had a single game this season of that standard. Yeah. So you know fucking bin that bin that talk immediately it's uh, it's much tougher when your team's losing that, that than when of, your team's yeah, winning that uh, passive aggressive yeah. oh I don't like the way things are going so I don't want to play at all yeah that's I, I get it I, I, fucking, I fucking get it I mean it's it's much it's much better when your team's winning but you support your team no matter what mm-hmm. you or, or not you know you can do that but don't you don't have to fucking you know throw pull your fucking tampon out on social media and you know just, just do it like I mean, it's this this whole thing. Like you know, the, oh, I'm I'm doing you know, I'm, fucking, uh, yeah. I'm going to have a ball. And go, no, just no. Fuck, yep. Stop that shit. It's fucking. It's it's annoying, and it's and it's wrong too. I mean, if you want to do a, draw a fucking Venn diagram of people <laughs> who have the sh- <laughs> people who are talking, you do draw, draw a Venn diagram of people who have the who have the shits with rugby league. And it'd be just, it'd be, you know, you draw, you draw the circle with like, you know, people whose teams are losing, people whose team, people who have the shits of rugby league, and you don't have a Venn diagram, you have a fucking circle with yeah. double, double wide line, yeah, that's it. double stroke. That's, that's, 
That's that's all it comes down to. Look, you know, when your team starts winning, you know, you 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 come back, you love it again in the morning when your, yeah. your team has a win. And you know what? It's actually refreshing to actually say, well, you know what? My team needs to perform better. Once you loosen that shackle of having to blame everything else but your team, yeah, you're free. Yeah, it's a lot more. It's a lot more uh, livable. Ask a Cowboys fan how enjoyable their fucking grand final was yeah. last year. And let me tell you, those cunts have come last so many times and stuff. Yep. I bet they enjoyed the fuck out of that grand final. Although they are a bad example of all the fucking reps faulting that goes on if they don't win a semi. All the conspiracies and the, and, and the whatnot. <laughs> but what I mean is, you know, you need to go through the, you need to go through the bad times to make the good times yep. more enjoyable as Spot well. On. I mean, you don't appreciate shit when you're winning all the time. And it's like manly fucking out of the comp, come back, getting smashed, holding their own, yep. getting better, winning get smashed by over team over the cap, and you come back and you get 40 nil over team, you know, $2 million over the cap. That's just the greatest fucking feeling ever. And because you've, you've been through all this fucking hardship and shit times and losing 36-6 or more at QE2, for fuck's sake. <laughs> the amount of fucking manly games I went to against the Broncos in the early 2000s, like QE2 and shit, like more than the Eagles games are... Fuck me dead. Mate, they were great days. You used to be able to get hip flasks into the... Uh... Yeah, well, that was they, they were the days when um, when the company my wife was working for was a sponsor of the Broncos, so they had four seats at, they've, in like corporate yep. corporate seats, and that, that was one... So you could go into... They had behind the grandstand there, they had uh, the like the, the, the restaurant sort of section, yeah. so you could go there, and it's like, you know, full-on spread, and you could you know, get whatever you want there, and then you, you, you walk out the, the door at the side of the restaurant, and that's like into the stand, and you had your seats there, and... Um, you know, you had a bar directly, like, behind you. And, Man, um, even so you the, even the cheapies, and I'm talking, like, the yeah. steel benches. Out in the, yeah, yeah, cheapies. that's where we used to go and we didn't yeah. have the tickets, yeah. Uh, you know, out there, yeah. and it was, you know, $12 to get in. Yeah, fuck all. And you'd, you'd take a bottle of Coke and you... And it was like sitting at A&Z because there's no one there, like, you know, comparatively. you mouthwash. <laughs> Cream to moth. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'd, you'd put whiskey in a, um, a Listerine, Listerine bottle. Yeah. Because it's the same colour. Oh, is it? So if anyone did see it, you could just know it's mouthwash. And they're not going, well, I can see why you were bringing mouthwash to the football because you smell like a fucking brewery. <laughs> Given we were 17 and thought we were smarter than every other fucker in the world. <laughs> I remember my mum went up back in the day when you yeah, Lang Park. She went to Lang Park and um, for a game once with some friends and she took like a 1.25 um, bottle of dry ginger ale. <laughs> but she had like, you know, tipped out and had like Southern Comfort in there, like, jacked up, right? <laughs> and so she gets home and she obviously doesn't, she doesn't drink the whole thing and, and it's in the fridge and I'm, and I'm like, oh, fucking come to the fridge. What do I want? I want some soft drinks, no coke. And I'm a little kid, right? <laughs> I'm like probably you know, like twelve or something, or thirteen. And, uh, no, I would have probably been about fourteen, fifteen. And then so I got, oh yeah, look, it's not my first choice, but fucking yeah, ginger ale, right? Oh, into the summer. What the fuck is this medicine tasting shit? Um, and the long, long-term listeners of the show will remember though when we were talking about the the, the QE two corporate seats and then one day we come out of the restaurant and we and uh to take our seats and there's someone sitting in our seats and like and and, and, and Simone's like fucking like like rude like real fucking cunty she's like you know like telling this guy that you know he's in the seats or whatever and fucking and I'm like just laughing because I know who it is there's <laughs> 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 Gordon Dallas <laughs> and I was like wow you're fucking a little man oh, oh, really fuck, fucking you're a midge man yeah, yeah he's like, it was not a midget but no it's obviously like, not it's bitch. not like I'm a fucking NBA I'm not like fucking Shaquille O'Neal but like he didn't strike me as imposing at all like, and then you know it's, it's kind of weird but uh, yeah so she upped him for the rent and he was very meek and oh I'm sorry <laughs> like, so yeah you know that was Talis and she's like still like 
Oh, well, good on him. Good on him for having, you know, having ma- his manners to, to somebody out in public. Yeah. Who's been a bitch, too. Should be a role model. Yeah. Yeah. His mum's a rig, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're bringing back the old shit. Um, the future of West Tigers coach Jason Taylor and a number of the club's players may be decided during the break for the NRL's representative round if the team's performance does not improve against South Sydney on Thursday night, despite five consecutive losses before Saturday's 60-6 to capitulation in Canberra. Tigers chief executive Justin Pascoe said the club had been pleased with the effort and commitment of the team, but the effort against the Raiders was unacceptable and couldn't be repeated. The standards that we hold ourselves to were not met and the whole coaching staff and playing staff now have four or five days to turn that around and prove to our fans that it really did hurt last night, as it should, Pascoe said. We are expecting a huge improvement. Of our five prior losses, I believe that realistically we could have and should have won four of those games. So in terms of the overall season, while the win-loss ratio is not in our favour, the intent and effort and commitment through those first seven rounds has been at a standard we will continue to work with, but last night wasn't at that standard. Fuck. Was anyone at that press conference hit by low-flying excuses? <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> So they've come out and they've given the ultimatum that your job's on the line Mm -hmm. if your performance is worse than last week's. Yeah. So you need to see... So this this would sort of be like me saying that I will give every single member of Twill Nation... Gobby. 45 uninterrupted minutes of oral sex (laughs) if the sun doesn't rise tomorrow morning. (laughs) How do you get, how do you not improve on that? Yeah, yeah. How do you not imp- that? That's a fucking certificate of participation if I've ever seen one. Meanwhile, Twin um, Nation are hoping for a fucking solar eclipse. <laughs> I really hope we don't have some sort of fucking mad scientist somewhere with a nuke. <laughs> Just you know what? Uh, and at, at your moment of release, yeah, I'll even pull out and say X factor, X factor, X factor. Jeez, that sounds pretty but, good right uh, now. <laughs> Fucking make a meme list. Um, yeah, something had to be said. There, there yeah. was no way that they could be media silence from the club um, after that performance, and mm-hmm. it's a, a pretty much a cut and paste of any team's uh, back office after a humiliating ass fucking like they copped. Yep. I think JT knows that he's been on thin ice for a little while, and well, he was on thin ice ever since he fucking went against the CEO uh, Robert Farah. Yeah, like late last season, <laughs> and um, <laughs> are, so, are yeah. the West Tigers just the world's longest episode of Undercover Boss? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except he's not undercover. It's like it's like that. Uh, it's like that that SNL skit or whatever Kylo one, Ren. the Kylo Ren one, <laughs> the, the Matt from whatever he was, the Matt the radar technician guy, and like where they just know the whole time. <laughs> I knew from when they said, this is Matt. <laughs> um, yeah, so, the, uh, you know, um, cut and paste, had to be said. There you go. If, oh, if you do I think park, Cleary, he should, he should probably, uh, if he's not already, he should probably be start, start pricing up I, property in the area for, you know, lodging, because I suspect that he'll either be in Auckland I had <laughs> or perm, in Balmain. I had the perm um, throw something at me in a DM. Yeah. Fucking Matty Bowen, Matty, Matty Bowen level slide. Yeah. Um, no. Is his pubes permed as On, well? If if what he's saying is true, I don't think Ives will be coaching the Tigers. Well, you've named him now. You could have said the thing, but they've named him. You can't really, right? 
No, no it was, it, we're two Penrith fans. It was just a it yeah. was a, a hypothetical between us. But um, so what's the re- what's uh, what's the what's the uh, roadblock there? Well, I'll I'll leave that up to him if he wants to put it out there to to people. But um, yeah, based on what he said, I don't think it'll be Ivan. Um, if I was a West Tigers board, I'm not sure I'd want Ivan coming in. And I've I've said it before about Newcastle. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Brian Smith as as a rebuilding yeah, coach. Yeah, I mean, but fucking Ivan come in and he organised the you know the rabbliest rabble, ongoing rabble and mm. underperformance example in the history of rugby league. Oh, we were coming from Elliot, so it's not a huge, huge yeah, step forward. Still, I mean, like, yeah, you're trying to tell me, I mean, I, Elliot's not a bad option compared to Jason Taylor. No, he's not. He's not. Jason Taylor's a pretty um, fucking ordinary coach, it turns look, out. Even even Matt Elliott, for all his fucking crystals and kumbaya and shit. Kumbaya, you know, have you have you watched the the segment he's doing now on on Fox where he analyses no, attack and defence? No, it's not a bad segment. Oh, he, know, he, he knows football. It's not a bad segment. He's a sideline um, eye on, on ABC Grandstand as well on the weekend. And when, if, I'm, if I'm away yeah, from okay. a game and I'm listening on the radio, yep. he says a fucking dumb shit though on that. And I think, <laughs> yeah. Fuck up, cunt. Oh, he's got the video screen and he pauses yeah, yeah. and plays yeah. and you know shows what's yeah. going on. Um, I really think somebody like Jeff Toovey who can get in there and really you know, say, I don't fucking care if you like me. Yeah. I don't need to be your mates. Yep. And every one of you fuckers is on notice. Yeah. And really have the authority to start, yeah, to start cutting. And that means you fucking schnitzel boy. Yeah, that's it. Um, that that's the style of coach I think they need. Yeah, because some heads need to come out of asses, out of like a. Yeah, well, yeah. The funny thing is, I mean, like Mick Potter. Yeah, he was never this bad. Yeah. Oh, there were a couple of shellackings, I think. Yeah, but a couple of fifties. Yeah, but I mean, they were spread out over, you know, yeah, that was true. a team that was, you know, at, at times, you know, coming to the tail end of the season were a chance to, you know, get into the eight sort of thing. Whereas, yeah. you know, and admittedly, they, you know, they, they would kind of, you know, drop. But I think he's, at this stage of the season, he's better than fucking Taylor was, that's for sure. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think Taylor's, I think he's already gone. Like, they, he's got the support of the board. I think he's already gone. The rep weekend's a perfect time to fucking... Yeah, you know, get if rid they of him. lose this week and if they lose badly this week, hundred percent, I reckon he's gone right then. Next day, gone. Yeah, okay. New coach or caretaker comes in. He's got they got two weeks to work before the next game. Yep. It seems like an ideal time. Yeah. If I was in any club that wasn't performing, it would be a great benchmark because a you've seen you've seen the team play like nine times. Yep. You've got two weeks with which to, you know, transition someone. Yep. It's almost custom made for like a early season or, yeah. you know, part, partial to, season, fl- uh, you know. To uh, throw the cliche flying. out there, you know, that really I'd say the only thing that could save him now is if they saw the team uh, rally around him. Yeah. As players are known to do sometimes. Oh, and everything you read says that he's lost the players, so yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. And a 60-6 to six generally is an indication of a team that's, you know, doing the opposite. Just not there. Yep. Yep. Kieran Foran is considering taking legal action against Manly over money the club allegedly owes him from his time in the Northern Beaches. Uh, he's allegedly still out of pocket to the tune of about 140000 long after he defected to arch rivals Parramatta. The missing payments are believed to be of the third-party variety, which are meant to be arm's length from the NRL clubs. Um, 
It says, however, the Seagulls are said to have made undertakings to find the funds with the matter a strong chance of heading to the courts if payments remain outstanding. Uh, blah, blah, blah. He's reluctant to take legal action due to his long and proud association with the club, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But um, it's like <laughs> Joe Kelly says, we've been approached by Kieran's legal representatives in respect to a prior contract dispute. We've asked on numerous occasions for them to provide evidence, but none has been forthcoming. Our belief is there's no dispute. <laughs> We're working through it with them, but until we see written evidence, we don't believe there is a dispute. <laughs> so um, it'd be interesting to see yeah. if he actually can uh, can conjure up anything but the funny thing is just because Parramatta organised the, the third party payments for their players maybe maybe he should I, I wonder if he's gone to the, the third party third party now, sponsor and tried to hit them up for the monies I tell you you fall into that trap there because what that article actually said is the payments are believed to be of the third party variety yeah they say they are believed to be the third party variety but also then Manly says um, look <laughs> produce a produce something that says that we are that this money is owed. Yep. And and I I'm of the opinion that if there if there was money owed and there was document documentation to say it was owed, then there's no point there's no point even talking about it. Yeah, exactly. Pay, pay, so pay up the money. Oh, it, mate. Some of some of this stuff. The the fact that the media are so hungry for any sort of scandal. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it could have been as simple as, hey, I don't think that ever came through. Yep. Can you go and have a check? Yep. Because the the only quote in there is from, from Manly saying, look, we really don't think there's a dispute. Yep. Which could be as innocent as, well, no, there's, there, there is no dispute. Yeah. We, we've asked for some information they haven't sent it yep. yet. And for a long time too, apparently. From what I, was, I mean, they've been asking, like, this has been going on for like a year. Yeah. And he's still not providing any yeah. documentation. So it seems it seems like a bit of a storm in a teacup. But um, apparently, uh, the, the, some third party agreements that were arranged at Parramatta haven't come through, and so he's out of pocket from those as well. Oh, ouch! And then you know, I, I wonder. I just wonder if he's spending his money on anything that he shouldn't be spending. Maybe like leeching through money faster. I mean, I don't. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I just you know, I'd like to disclaim that I haven't heard anything about you know potentially you know. I don't know if he was at Belrose, you know, betting too much through the horses or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, it's possible. I don't know about I don't know about that. I haven't heard anything about that. Parramatta playmakers. But it's yeah, uh, like you know, that you know, mm-hmm. I'm just speculating that maybe he got maybe he's down he's down at Belrose putting a lot of money through on the horses and um and maybe needs the money. But I you know, how would I know? I don't even live in Sydney. Look, you probably you probably is. got an email from Chrissy Sandow saying, Look, <laughs> mate, I've I've got ten bucks left in my account. <laughs> Can you go down and just use it up for me? You oh, got Chrissy, hooked. Chrissy killing it over there. <laughs> P.S. In the Leagues Club, Red Baron, $5 spins, guaranteed. <laughs> that's that's the real one. That's, that's all, the, the pokies are the real uh, the real X factor when it comes to third party stuff. Mm. Because like the amount, like players taking cash money out of a, out of a pokey machine. <laughs> like, how do yeah. you know? Yep. How do you know? Look, it. It, it could be, and, and again, I'm, I'm throwing out the first hypothesis here. Yep. You know, the the, the market for, for managing people's money is as such that the amount of wind blown up your ass is absolutely, absolutely stupendous. And, yep. and again, just a hypothesis, we'll, we'll reiterate, if there was somebody who, who he's been in touch with and said, look, you need to start thinking about your future after football and this, 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 and we've got this going... And, uh, and he's gone and bought himself three investment units off the plan somewhere. And now they're saying, well, okay, we actually need stage two money. Yeah. Time to pony up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that money that he'd 
banked on having yep. hasn't come hasn't through. Come through yep. That man, that is that's almost soul destroying. Yep. You know, even though he, he makes a lot of money and, and he's he's on much more than than your average punter, but but that sort of stuff really really can start to to put you in a bad headspace. I've, I've known people that have gone gone bananas for less. Yep. So you hope that he isn't in the situation where he needs the money and he's just, hey, this is owed to me. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, I really hope we we don't hear much more about it. Yep. And I don't, th- I don't think we will unless he produces some explosive documentation that he hasn't managed to find in the last yeah. you know year to eighteen months. But even then, yeah. I'm happy for that sort of shit to just be settled. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. Well, it, was, it was an oversight, and now we've come good with it. It'd be, but even then, it'd be like, oh, okay. Well, that's a third party yeah. payment. Yeah, I do agree that your third party third party sponsor should fucking uh, pay you that money. Tell you what. Get a yeah. fucking phone book, find their address, <laughs> give them a call, yeah, I'm, go down and see them. I'm, I'm really not interested in the fucking Real Housewives of NRL and what yeah. goes on there. Just yeah. just play your footy. And um, I have another one here. I just want to get through, burn through this one pretty pretty quickly if you can. And, uh, Greg Inglis has decided to uh, abandon social media. He said, I don't have social media anymore. What's the point? You hear the criticism nearly every week. Everyone's got a different opinion, but I just don't listen to it. I know what I'm doing behind closed doors and so does my team. He hasn't used his personal Twitter and Instagram accounts in two weeks and plans to stick by the band. And it says, it says here, the article goes on to draw further long by saying that the, that the Maroons and Kangaroos star will follow in the footsteps of the world's biggest names. The NBR megastar LeBron James, for example, activates a social media blackout every postseason to channel his focus on championship glory. Fuck, Aussie sports journalists love to make us look relevant, don't oh, they? Oh, by, by tying it, by hitching out oh, a wagon to a fucking God. American guy. Like, honestly... Yeah, John, people John. don't have different opinions, Greg. Everyone was saying that you fucking tried to kick a field goal when you were two points down. <laughs> That's all they were saying. They were there was no different opinions. All they were saying was that all they were doing was saying it in different ways with different yep. in the pictorial method with memes. That's exactly. all. That's all. There's no different opinions. Exactly. And look, if I did that too, and people were just fucking bombing me on social you media, cop it. you either cop it, sweet. Block all the fucking tool bags, which you probably would, because you know who you know don't need fuckheads yeah. in your life, or you know don't go on social media but, for two weeks. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's no yeah. need for him to be on social media. Yeah. Well, they got a lot of idle time, don't they? I, I love the fact that this warranted a story as well. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, fucking phenomenal. Exactly. Um, I think it was more just like a let's let's uh, let's pump Greg Inglis up for his yeah. intent for the Australian side and and for the Queensland Origin side and he's somehow going to reverse the the stretch of uh, substandard form that he's embarked upon you know most season. Um, I'm glad you still listen to the show though, Greg, even yep. though you're not on Twitter anymore. Yep. And uh, field goals, mate. <laughs> field goals. Two plus two with four. <laughs> Lockie Coot. This is real quick. This because these ones have only really sort of happened this afternoon, or you know, you know, sometime through today, mm-hmm. um, after the notes were done. But uh, Lockie Coots re-signed with the Cowboys for two more years, so uh, good for both parties there. He clearly wanted to stay with them, and it's great that they found a way to come to a dollar figure that saw it happen for him. Um, yeah, this head- whole this whole business, oh, I saw a, I saw a thing like a head, just a headline on Twitter saying that he he uh, sacrificed or spurned, you know, one point eight million dollars to stay at the Cowboys. <laughs> Fuck out of here with that shit. No, he didn't. Yeah. Go fuck yourselves. Look, it, go, oh, one million dollar deal for Lockie Coot. It's not per year. I mean, fuck, dude. Yeah, yeah. Stop being so reactionary, cunts. That's it, that's it. That's the title of this episode. It, it's Stop a, being so it's reactionary, very, cunts. It, <laughs> it's pretty long. I should be able to fit it on the fucking <laughs> on the PNG. Look, would you fuck a reactionary cunt? Depends on the reaction, right? 
<laughs> Could be a good thing. Um, if it was like a v- vagina dentata situation, <laughs> <laughs> then probably not. I wouldn't want any reaction. In fact, I probably wouldn't go there in the first place. <laughs> Live on the edge. You've got to be able to do it to tell the stories. Um, yeah. No, great outcome for Lockie. Great outcome for, yep. for Cowboys fans. There is the distinct possibility that he's turned down money to stay there. You know, turn down, turn down some money. But I mean, if he's if they're saying it's a million, a one million dollar deal, it's it's two years, so it's five hundred grand a year, and that's pretty good coin. Yeah. So you know, well, I thought the word on the street was that he was around the six hundred mark anyway at the Cowboys. I, I don't know. It's it seems like he's playing well and everything, but it seems kind of high. Because I remember, I remember laughing at the fact that Corey Norman wanted one point eight over three years, and Lockie Coote was looking for six hundred a year over two. And I don't have this down. I don't have this down, but. For, to talk about but fucking Corey Norman the stories that come out of that cunt this week he's like I'm tired of not get. I'm tired of getting snubbed representatively for Queensland when did you read that? I was, it was fucking all over the social media like about a week ago like after the last episode but before you know okay. the notes for this one like around so the weekend I read something from him there was an interview with him yeah. where he, he was almost completely the opposite and said I, I accept the fact that in my early career at Brisbane I coasted and I, I had so many good players around me, and now I just... How's he talk about being snubbed in origin level, though? That's when you look at who's in front of him and where the position he plays... Oh, yeah. That's, Queen, Monday, that's mundane level fucking idiocracy. And then and now he's... I saw another thing saying that, like, his price tag now, he's like a million bucks. Stop it. Stop it. But this is what I'm saying. You know, Corey talk- Norman's a fucking Scientologist. Is he? I don't know. He has to be. Oh, God. Where does this come from? It's usually Scientologists that carry on like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll have a look for it after, after the show, but I, I did read something, and I was actually actually floored with how humble yeah. he was in saying that, you know, he, yeah. he didn't put in as well as he could. But um, if the Roosters were really after Lockie Coote, they, they would have thrown big money at him. That's Jared Hayne money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, <laughs> RTS money, but yeah, uh, yeah. smart boy, stay, staying away from the sinking ship. Well, I mean, yeah, that, a they're a sinking ship, uh, despite the more money. B, Referees the Cowboys, the Cowboys are a sinking ship too, but it's a very small leak at the moment. I'm not saying they're bad at the moment, That's but it. there's a window and the window's closing, and the window probably closes this year. I thought it was last year, but the fact that they've won the premier, that's definitely like a buoyancy thing, you know, yep. like winning the competition, and yeah. they, they're going very well this year as well. But Plus, they sort of they sort of came out of nowhere last year. Yeah. Normally, when teams win a premiership, they've been threatening or looking oh, for a no, couple of Cowboys, years. Oh no, the Cowboys they they were they were always like you know up you know thereabouts and just yeah you know, they were always the they were always a top eight some team. sort of conspiracy. Yeah, they were always a top eight team. They weren't losing through. That's the thing. They weren't losing through their own fault. They were only losing because of conspiracy yeah, from the NRL. True, true, true. Um, um, it, it's a shame they were all over there investigating nine eleven. Yeah. Instead of uh, playing football, but but they weren't that team that you know made it to the grand final yeah. and lost, yep. and then all their players get a bump. Yep. Um, so they've been able to fill the same team this year. Yeah. So almost. I mean, yeah, you know, they've but, but add another two years after this, yeah. and he's, he'll probably be leaving them if he does leave them. Even then, uh, it'd probably be about the right time too to you know catch him yep. when they when, when they dip and you know, hitch his wagon to a, uh, you know a side on the up. Um, Spot on. If that's what he wants to do. Um, and speaking of legends, uh, Jamie Lyon has announced that he plans to retire at the end of the season. So, um, stellar career. It's going to be emotional. I'll probably fly down for his last game at Brookie, I think. So far, 285 games, 120 tries, 512 goals, 1504 points. Fucking God, rugby league, the best centre of his generation. And uh, 
you know, oh, part of the greatest centre combination of all time um, with Steve Matai. And, uh, yeah, it's a very sad day. Came to the club when, you know, we were, you know, okay on on the up, but just, you know, captained us through, you know, many grand finals, two grand final wins, and uh, truly uh, one of the all-time legendary players of the club. Life member. You want me to get you a sayer? No, give me tissue. I'm getting emotional. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be a sad day. I love Killer. Great guy uh, off the field as well. And um, always love someone that prioritises family. And not someone who prioritises anything and sticks to it. And doesn't get swayed, you know, like the dollars and things like that. Or, you know, the court of public opinion or whatever. Don't sway them away from it. So, um, yeah. And now, obviously, he's going to have way more time for the family. I don't know if he's going to... I, didn't, I haven't read too much. Like a great deal hasn't come out yet. Um, I'm wondering if he if he's maybe going to you know spin around again for St Helens or something. Yeah, but I don't think so. I think he's going to pull the pin. So mm. awesome career, god of the game, and by the you know by the end of the season he'll he'll have uh, you know hit his uh, 300 games. So uh, you know injury pending, touch wood, and uh, yeah, I legend. Just fucking hope he doesn't go on a commentary. I would fucking top myself if I had to listen to him talk every I week. I can pretty much guarantee you that the second he's done with with uh, rugby league, he'll be like, boom, Kaiser Sose. Beautiful. You'll never see him again. Beautiful. He'll be he'll be out pig hunting. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that he doesn't give a fuck <laughs> about a media career or playing anything to do with rugby league bullshit. Fantastic. Like, ever, you know, ever again, um, which is great too, because let me tell you, there's so many players doing it that shouldn't be, and for whatever reason, get in there. Yeah. This Week in League is brought to you by Sportsmate Mobile's League Live, the ultimate NRL app, putting the NRL at your fingertips. News, scores, TV viewing schedules, match day information, decline graphs for the fucking West Tigers, and more. Uh, I had a tweet from at Morso, M-A-W-S-O, through the week uh, on Sunday. In fact, I've been a gronk. The This Week in League boys keep recommending Sportsmate NRL app, and I've only just got it. Hashtag bit slow, Shane. And uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and he, he loves it. So, uh, search for Sportsmate in the App Store or Google Play to download League Live today. And as always, just fucking such a life saving app, especially when you get these weird rounds like the Anzac Day one. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah, I know, I, I'm pretty sure I, I thought Manly were playing on Monday sometime. What fucking time were they playing? Bam, League Live to the rescue. Look, being the degenerate that I am, yeah. I had a fantastic weekend. Um, with a couple of new punts that I've been taking up. Okay. Um, going Curling. going the doubles on on which team will make the most tackles and which team will spend the most time in possession. Okay. And uh, stats on that app would be stats, valuable. Man, uh, you know I am sure that if they tried hard enough, yeah, Sportsmate could probably take me for a percentage of my winning. That that's how much it's based on them. With their statistic, I mean, you think they could like you know analyze it and even provide. It's absolutely Tips. fantastic. Based on that data. Absolutely fantastic. It. Yeah. That's interesting. I haven't, I've never played those exotics. Yeah, you're getting a $1.80, $1.90 for something like one team will be more than 50.5% of possession. 
Yeah, well, of course, one team is going to be. There you well, go. You, yeah, you've got to pick the team. You've got to pick the you team. But I mean, you know, you, there there are definitely teams that play a possession game. And there are definitely yep. teams that fucking drop it all the time. Like for example, you'd you'd I mean, you could probably make a packet if you if you bet on the West Tigers having less than fifty percent possession and making the more making the most tackles. And you know, you you know, almost doubling your money mm. each time. And yeah, that's it. Better than bank interest. Thanks, sports mate. <laughs> Turn Jane to a degenerate fucking gambler as well. My kid can now get a decent education. Yeah, they need an MMA app because I mean that's where that's where I spend most of my money betting. I think. Oh. Um, but yeah, it's pretty fucking tough to predict that one too. In two horse race, <laughs> four ounce gloves, one punch, <laughs> fucking one punch can ruin your fucking bank. <laughs> well, the stats didn't account for that. Yeah, the stats did not account for that one guy getting one lucky punch and fucking just knocking dude out. Um, Friday night football. The Brisbane Broncos 30 to feed the South Sydney Rabbitohs 8. Suncorp Stadium crowd just a touch over 40,000 in attendance. The Broncos tries to Corey Parker, Cody Nikarima, Ben Hunt, Jordan Kahu, Corey Oates. Parker, one of two conversions. Kahu, three of three. And Parker with a penalty goal. The Rabbitohs 8 came for tries to Greg Inglis, Adam Reynolds with a conversion, and Bryson Goodwin with a penalty goal. Mm. So the opening of this one um, actually made me sit back and think that this may actually be a test for the Broncos. The for, opening, yeah. Yeah, for, for, for 20, there, 25, yeah. 30 minutes, yep. it it really was looking as if they were going to contain the Broncos. The, the Broncos looked a little bit out of sorts. A couple of their, their standard attacking raids down that left-hand side um, didn't come off as yep. they normally would. Uh, the fucking Corey Oates no-try was an absolute fucking travesty. Absolute bank balance drainer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's more accurate. Um, the betting guys, it was like I heard a million voices <laughs> cry out. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you, on, on that, you know, Souths obviously played themselves out of this game. Yep. And and Brisbane are, are looking, you know, probably a, a little bit a, a step off where, where I think they'd want to be. But... If they can develop down down on that left hand attacking edge when they run out and normally just finish it off with Oates in the corner, yep. If they ever click and develop a uh, a Thurston to to Cooper style short ball yep. in there, there there is no way they don't score. Yep. Almost every time they're attacking down that side of the field. Yep. It, at, at the moment, teams are finding it hard to contain them. Yep. But if there was the genuine option of, of a short ball like uh, like that play the Cowboys run, yeah. Um, geez, that'll be absolutely fucking brutal. See, that's a guy that could have been in the Australian side. I mean, yeah, you want to talk about that? Yeah, fuck. Yep. Um, for the rabbits, I think what the, what they really needed was was Inglis and Burgess to step up and get them out of the funk when it when it was six yep. nil or, or twelve nil to really get them back in that game. Um, Greg Inglis just seems to be wanting to play like a second rower, mm-hmm. and he's not going to inspire his team that way. No, um, nor should he. No, not at all. Yeah. It's not his job. Uh, but he, he needs to be working a little bit more space. And and Sam Burgess, I, I'd never considered Sam Burgess a grubby cunt. Oh, really? Like, you know, he, he took uh, a, a few... Ch- I'd, I'd call him cheeky. Oh, see, no. They, 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 all of the, all those fucking cunts did... They, they was, I remember it was a game they were doing shit to Manly players. Yeah? Like, it probably hasn't happened in the Penrith game. So yeah, you might have noticed okay. As much. okay. But I remember a Manly game where it fucking blew up. Yeah, really. Because of the, the, those dirty cunts. And like, yeah. I think George got suspended for doing something yeah, in that game. Good on him. Chicken wing or some shit. Yeah, that's fucked. Yeah. But that, that's the whole thing. Yeah. The the way to do it is to go in there and put a big hit on somebody. Yeah. Not to, to do something 
absolutely grubby. And that's the, and they're, they're like flop, you know, with the massive forearm coming in. There's a lot of people saying the game's gone soft. That should have been. And I, because I didn't watch this game on the night. I watched it fucking the next day, and so all I had to go by was Twitter. Yeah. And and I was thinking, okay, so there was like you know there was something that was a bit line ball. Or and then I looked at it. It's pretty fucking ordinary. Like I yeah. don't have a lot of problem. I mean, and he's coming in with the right arm, fucking like jamming it in there as well as flopping late. Yeah, like it was a, it was pretty much a shoulder into the poor fucker's back while he's yeah. lying down. Yeah. Defenseless. Like I got no problems with the fact that it's a yeah. physical sport. Yep. And that if you run at somebody and they run at you, there's going to be a collision. He was on the ground for an age though too before that. Exactly. An age in rugby league. But that, <laughs> that sort of thing. There is no other intention in Sam Burgess's head then mm-hmm. but to hurt him. Yeah. You know? I mean, he's trying to be Terry Toughcut, but I mean, yeah, but to, you know... Which is I'm completely... sure he's not thinking, oh, I want to injure this guy, but he's thinking, I want to put on a fucking punishing thing to lift my team, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I see that as, yeah, I do want to, yeah. I do want to injure this guy. Yeah. You know, if, if someone's running at you and you're running at them, yeah. then you're prepared and they're prepared and game on. Yeah. But somebody's lying down on the ground... Yeah, and you could Tackle see it. Essentially, you could yeah. see it. He went in just to lay down on him. Yeah, and then he sort of looked around and I'd give it a bit extra. He's, yeah, then he's gone in, um, and that sort of shit. Yeah, that's going to fire up your opposition more than your team. Yeah, um, and it backfired on them. Yeah. So you said it. All right, um, Kevin underscore Cook ninety nine. I honestly agree with Nate after tonight. Inglis might be a liability in Origin. Shadow of his former self, especially physically. Yeah, and that's, I mean, he, he says he claims he's around 90% at worst, you know, but... We all know what Greg's like with Matt's. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart Marler, at Stuart Marler. Anyone notice Brandy's efforts to overpronounce Arvar's name? If he wants to add syllables, why not try wife beater? <laughs> I, and I, I didn't notice Brandy's efforts because I was, uh, when, I, when I watched it, it was a Channel 9, uh, Channel 9 call. Giannis underscore Mateus. Imagine how many tries Oates would score without the Reed roadblock in his way. And you, obviously, you said it as well. Oh, fucking Jack Reed. <laughs> I mean, he's always been a player that I haven't rated a lot. But I put it out there on Twitter. Yeah. I reckon Jack Reed's mum has done exactly what Forrest Gump's mum did to get him into school. <laughs> with Wayne Bennett. <laughs> Jeez. Jesus. Wayne comes out one day, zips his fly up. We'd have to drop the shoulder into Fluffy to keep get him off the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne, Wayne comes out. Your mama really cares about your rugby league career, boy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> more so. GI is starting to look more and more like Leo Dinover with every run he takes. <laughs> Actually, big GI needs a man shake. <laughs> and um, Pete Fulcher, P-E-E-T Fulcher. Cody Nicarima, definition of X Factor. Yeah, and and you nodded knowingly, like yes, yes, he's right. Mm. Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs, twenty-one defeat the Gold Coast Titans twenty at ANZ in front of a crowd of about eleven and a half thousand on Saturday afternoon. The Bulldogs twenty-one came from tries to Rona Perrett, Hopper Junior, Josh Jackson. We had uh, conversions two or four from Kerrit Holland, and. Um, Field goal palooza, of course, with the successful one by Josh Reynolds. After a particularly 
awful attempt by Josh Morris. And I'm not sure he's ever taken one before. It may have been his first, which you know explains it. Uh, the Titans, 20 came from tries to Zeb Taylor, David Mead, Josh Hoffman. We had a conversions, three conversions from three attempts from Tyron Roberts and a penalty goal. And uh, he did have a shot at field goal unsuccessfully. Mm. What we're going to do is we're going to record this next statement. Okay. And then for every Titans game for the, the rest of the year, we're just going to just stick this in there, save ourselves a bit of time. Yep. So the Titans did much better in this game against this opposition than everyone thought they would. However, they didn't do enough to close out the match. They did enough against... They could have been the Bulldogs. Yes. Yeah, it's a story of the season, but um, the the dogs looked a little bit brittle in times, and and this was their on week as well. If yeah. you take their uh, their form, so yeah, next week's going to be diabolical. But it's a lottery. They could be amazing next week. This week, they could be the fucking. They could be incredible. They could smash someone, you know, because this one was like a only a semi on. They only had a semi. Yeah, true, 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 true. Um, but but the, it was enough to get deep inside the Titans. Again, there's two two points for me that that stuck out as bright points for the dogs. Um, yeah. Uh, Moses Hansen uh, Mbop mm-hmm. um, to be able to make a break to back himself and then to throw the pass he did yep. to his right hand side yep. running at full pace and have the ball hit the bloke on the chest yep. like the, that's a special sort of skill yep. uh, and, and they should take more advantage of, of him in in open field playing. Well, you remember one of the bad games they had. I'm fucking... Who was it they were playing? Was it the Storm? What was that game? And they just never... The Monday night? Yeah, and they just... He he never got the ball. Yeah. They they bypassed every opportunity. Yeah, I think that was round... Yeah, three or four. No, no, I remember the game. It wasn't long ago, but um, yeah. And it was on the back of him having two amazing performances as well. I think, why? What's he done? His wife's he fucked. And... and the other the other moment that, that I think defines the dogs and what they need to to build around is when Hoffman scored his try. Yep. He's made a, you know it was a seventy odd meter break. Yep. And gave a clean pair of heels and he was away. But did you see who was diving at him? Uh, he was already over the try line. He was going to put the yep. ball down. But this person got as close as they could physically get and still dove at him. Yep. Yep. James fucking Graham. Yep. And we, I mean, this, this is, you know, before your it's, time on the show as well, I mean, he's, he's yeah. like a guy that I don't necessarily like him, but I mean, as a player who doesn't play for my team, I mean, that fucking guy puts it, like, that guy yep. puts in work. Yep. That guy gives a fuck. Exactly. Like, to the death. And and obviously has the respect of his players. Yeah. You know, that he can give them a spray before yeah. Golden Point. Yep. Um, the, the Titans, as, as we've been saying, a couple of listeners have said in, in their tweets, they're probably, you know, a, a decent playmaker away from uh, from at least winning some of these close games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's not a terrible foundation for them to build on. Yeah, provided they build on it. The problem yeah. is when teams that have you know, have a situation like this and they just don't build on it, they lose the good parts and they, yeah. you know, double down on the bad parts and, you know, it just all goes to shit again. But the, the future's okay for them with Cullen. Yeah. He's fucking no. great. My mate Dave, who uh, I do the MMA podcast with, is actually good mates with him. I think he worked with him. Yeah, nice. And uh, back when he was, because he was, uh, Dave lives up in Mackay, and um, and and uh, Cameron was playing for the, the Cutters yep. until he moved down to the Titans to get a, yep, yep. Get a chance after the injuries and stuff like that. They sort of mm-hmm. picked him up kind of late. So, um, yeah, no, and so like I've been seeing, like on face, you know, I've been seeing, you know, like, 
yeah, highlights packages and stuff for ages for him, like just carving cunts up in, yeah, nice. in, in the cue card. Nice, nice, nice. And um, it's great to see him, you know, doing it. But yeah, as, as long as they can develop that that talent, and keep him around, and it's quite strange because he's not like a really, he's not like a fast guy. He's kind of like a little little like little mini sort of brick shit house. But you know, but you know, he gets it done. So yeah, phenomenal. It, obviously, he's you know he's kind of like a. He's low down the pecking order and injuries are keeping there at the moment, but I mean, he's doing a job, you know, as as well as anyone, you know, could be. Yep. So, good on him. Yep. At Hammers, the Titans would have won if they had some X Factor. I think he tweeted that, I meant to tweet that at you. The base Chapo, well, that wasn't a great advertisement for Rugby League. Hash <laughs> dumps the fire. <laughs> GT351 underscore Johns, it's a win. But a fucking ugly win. Need to wake up and play smarter, less dumb footy for fuck's sake. Mm. It'd be frustrating to be a Dogs fan this year. I mean, they're going all right and they're winning games every other week. Yep. But yeah, the way they got like it's those off weeks though. It's like yeah. Again, it's it's the right time of the year to be to be in that position. Oh yeah. You know, you wouldn't want to be be this way after Origin. No. And speaking of in a position you wouldn't want to be in, the Canberra Raiders sixty defeat the West Tigers six. Down in Canberra, a crowd of just under 13,500 in attendance. And, uh, fuck me dead. Here we go. The Raiders 60 tries to Whitehead, Croker, Shannon Boyd, four to Rapana. Uh, Vaughan, a double to BJ Leilua, and uh, Aiden Caesar with a try. Croker, eight of 11 goals. The Tigers, six points. A solitary try to Chris Lawrence and conversion from uh, Jordan Rankin. Mmm. It's, uh... What can be said? What can be said? I'll just, I'll share with you a text exchange. Very brief text exchange, mind you that I had with someone uh, near and dear to the hearts of Tool Nation by the name of Glenn. I sent him a text this afternoon about 2.30. said, uh, look, if you get the urge, send me something on audio about the fucking Tigers because Lord knows the Tigers faithful need to hear something from a friendly face. <laughs> uh, he's uh, replied, in all caps, fuck all the cunts. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll just like to clarify that um, he means the team. He means the team because I actually texted him on Saturday night at seven twenty six p.m., which was pretty much immediately after that game, the conclusion of the match, and I just texted him, "You know, are you okay?" <laughs> Question mark. About to have an awesome anniversary dinner with his wife. I haven't watched a second of that festival of cunts in Canberra. Fuck those disloyal cunts. <laughs> So, so just in case you didn't know, that's where that's where Glenn's at at the moment. Um, obviously, now that he's he's not on the show, he doesn't feel the need to, to lie to you all and, uh, and 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 make excuses and even talk about asterisks and things like that because there's there's no asterisk big enough to fit the gaping fucking more of an asshole yeah. that they were left with after fucking Canberra ran through it, ran a train through it, them. It's fucking bad, um, and and maybe a new coach is the answer. Maybe what it takes for all of those players is to get the fuck out of Dodge and all all start to forge a career separate from each other. Yeah. You know? Did, did Manly going to have a lot of money free <laughs> next year. <laughs> so, so of the Roosters, if, if you believe everything you read. But, yeah. you know, I, I counted six tries that the Raiders scored yep. that where the play of the ball was within 10 metres of the try line mm-hmm. and there was one pass before the try. Yep. Six fucking tries. Yeah. That were a... Paul Gallon special. It's just like draw and pass. I'll draw five guys to me and then pass and to the unmarked guy. <laughs> no, no, but, but it wasn't even that. Yeah. It was that first pass where it's that crash ball yeah, yeah. from, from seven or eight from... metres out and the, they, they didn't even attempt the second pass. Yeah. Whereas normally they'd get in there and sort of back around and try and get over, they'll push mm. their way over and twist down. 
they just fell over. They couldn't fucking believe it. Yeah. But that that is just purely and simply a team that doesn't want to be there. Yep. Um, and and there's no other fix for that than than a severe attitude adjustment. So. There's not. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 hard to like. Congratulations to the Raiders. All positives there. I mean, after a while, you know, they had the, they they didn't have to keep playing football, and then they started throwing things, and things started st- sticking. I mean, they were white hot. It's just one one of those days, mm. um, you know, barely an opposed sort of training session because you, know, you know, look at the scoreline, it wasn't that opposed. But um, Rapana, I've never heard his name so much. Yeah, I know. after this game, I mean, he's become a thing. Yeah, I mean, he's a rep guy, and you know, he can be, he's a rep player now. You know, so. <sighs> Yeah, fucking good. He scored some great tries, but you know it was against some some very very feeble mm. opposition. And uh, you know BJ Lailua, he's he's really starting to love his time down there yep. in Canberra as well. Yep. Uh, Newcastle. Yeah. And good you on know, you guys letting him go. You know it's not like you could use a fucking great. <coughs> Excuse me. I, look, I think also this year we're, we're for and against is going to be such a major part of of the top eight and the order of the yeah. top eight. Uh, this is very valuable for the Raiders if they make that that last season dash. Well, this they were they were they were reasonably they were substantially in the in the in the negatives yeah. before and and this one took them to about you know plus sort of twenty yeah. plus teens I think yeah. it was. So yeah, in a single outing, you've got to be fucking happy with that. Yeah. Um, Stuart Marler, the Centrelink site has a handy search function to help find the nearest office. Now, does anyone know where Jason Taylor lives? Solzy zero four. I thought the Tigers' decline was good for the Raiders. Um, Tall Hayden. Cunts laugh about Tigers in decline, but in Campbelltown, 14-year-olds are having their Woodstocks and Winnie Blues trying to explain this to their kids. <laughs> Astronauts. Tig Pie showing great decline this year. Dare I say, they're the X Factor in decline. Fuck, they've been awarded a PhD in decline. My Saguna 85. I've never, hate, I've never hated going on sports, mate, as much as tonight. Fuck you, Tigers. You can go eat a bag of dicks, a pack of cunts, you all are. They have turned. The fan yeah. base has turned. Aussie 86. The Tigers are that far down in decline. Next year, they'll be the Beijing Tigers. <laughs> Hashtag Twill Road Trip. <laughs> the North Queensland Cowboys defeated, oh, sorry, 32, defeated the Parramatta Eels 16, up at 1,300 teeth in front of a crowd of just under 19,500 on a Saturday night. The Cowboys 32 came from tries to Cooper, Coote, Winterstein, and a double to Morgan. Thurston, four of five conversions and two of two penalty goals, defeating the Eels with a double. To semi Radradra. Michael Jennings also with a try and uh, Flash Gordon two of three conversions. Mm. Yeah, the, I think the the thing that that decided this game was patience. Yeah, patience and, and mental toughness. Yeah, well, I believe that's it. And and Para, Parramatta's lack of of both. Yeah. Um. The the Cowboys for all of the good things they did, and everyone seems to be only talking about the good things, which is great for them. They still had their little fumble period. Like their error count was nothing to be, to be impressed with. And their start to the game, was fortunate. Yeah. To say the least, with the disallowed try and then That's almost it. immediately striking back. Yep. And uh, turning, making a uh, you know essentially. Yeah. You know, a decent turnaround. But the the key difference here was what both of those teams do, in those situations. Yeah. And JT is the master. We've said it before, of when he senses the little dropsies are coming in. Yep. You watch him just pull into the safety zone. And it's just very simple sets yep. for the next couple. Just play the position, don't give away anything silly. Yep. And then when everyone's a little bit more comfy and, and you're dominating the field position battle, then Spread you go it, for yep. your, your more expansive. But Parramatta just seemed to, to be going for the Hail Mary every single time. It was yep. like they wanted to score a try on, on every single play. Yep. 
It was just really discipline. Was really like his Parramatta. I mean, people would characterise their play this season as you know discipline and, and yep. things like that, and it just they. They were very mentally weak in this game. I don't know if it was their preparation. Like they were, they were really yeah. up. This was a really important game for them. And they, you know, when it started, when it looked like they were going okay, and then it was ripped away from them, they sort of, you know, dropped it a bit. Yeah. I don't know, but it's just like, yeah, it's a different sort of game playing from behind than yeah. than playing from in front. But the, yeah, but it's not the first time they play from behind either. Yeah, but the, the week the, before they play from behind too. The, the big talking point in this one's obviously the Norman sin bit. Yeah. Um, that's fine it's it's clearly a thing that they were doing that weekend because it wasn't the only time it wasn't and I think out of the two that was the one that deserved it yeah uh, and yeah, people are arguing that oh it was too harsh and it was this and it was that and it was this and it was that he put his hands on on uh, Morgan yeah and you know, pulled him or pushed him I don't, I don't remember which yeah but that's not that's not jostling for position no not at all you know he I think I think Morgan had had begun to pull in front of him, and so he's grabbed. He the wasn't. Arm he was in front of him. He like had. A, he had the arm or the shoulder or the jumper or something from the the back to the yeah. to the to Morgan's left or whatever, yep. and pulling him, holding him back. Like, That's it. That, it. It's it's classic penalty try territory yeah. where you know they start the, but it's really hard with like a grubbing, bouncing ball for them to make yeah, them do they, that thing and get the actual try. They did say, which I agree hundred percent with. The reason it wasn't a penalty try is because there was another player involved in yeah. the pursuit. Yep. So you can't categorically say he would have got it down if it yep. wasn't for Norman. Yep. Um, but, you know, let it be known going forth. If you're mm-hmm. chasing for a ball and you pull, push, it, you know, anything bar... You've got a professional foul. It just seems like there's been so much criticism over the last month. Yeah. Um, why aren't the referees using the sim bin? And it, all of a sudden they use it for, for examples when it should be used, like professional yeah. fouls. And now that now it's too harsh. I mean, make up your fucking mind. I mean, you know, the game's gone soft, or the referees actually enforcing stuff, and it's too, you know. Yeah. So. So um, look, I had I had no problem with that. Um, but it, the, the, it's on, in textbook to me. Parramatta, the, the the way they play, they probably would have beaten 80 percent of the teams in the comp with that with that performance. Yeah. Uh, but just their their inability to build any sort of real pressure and control the football. Uh, once North Queensland got a yeah. sniff of that. Uh, there's again probably no better team that that plays a lead like North Queensland does. Yeah. Uh, they they don't once take their foot off the pedal, and by the by the time the other team's half given up, Parramatta's fully taken over. Uh, North Queensland's fully fully yeah. taken over. So that was a good result for the Cowboys. Slippery underscore eels. And how many fucking calls did those refs miss? Then they bin smooth Corey. Then we fucking fall apart. Fuck. Hash, ref's fault. Hash, fuck. <laughs> uh, Benso, the better team won. Only a few errors from the Eels, but they were always at such awful moments. North Queensland made us pay. Must do better. Yes. Paraman Mark II. Para cost themselves the game with stupid errors and ill-disciplined penalties, and the Cowboys handed us our asses. Hash, learn the lesson, boys. <sighs> fuck, Parramatta fans are starting to sound rational and yeah, reasonable. Like that. Yeah, it's strange. And honestly, I thought... Oh, you believe me, I would have run fucking. <laughs> I would have run the refs' fault, sookie stuff, but they just didn't give me the narrative. Cronulla yep. uh, Southern Sharks twenty defeat the Penrith Panthers eighteen at Reclaim Australia Stadium in front of a crowd of just over fourteen thousand in attendance Sunday afternoon. The Sharks twenty came from tries to Ennis, Maloney, and Valentine Holmes. Maloney two or three conversions and two penalty goals. The Panthers eighteen tries to Moylan, Yo, and James Fisher Harris with a double. Moylan. Missed with his only attempted conversion. Jamie Soward, one of three, crucially. Yeah, it's um, I'm I'm not sure what what the issue is because Jamie hasn't been kicking regularly 
this season and not nearly as good like he's he used to be remember he he was, was he was like a, 88 89 percent yeah like when he's lined up out. a goal wherever yeah it was that shit was pretty much going over that's You're pretty it. sure yeah um and and the the goal to tie it up was was on his preferred side yeah you know for him to for him to bring it back in um i don't know whether there's that whether it's that back issue that he had where the yeah. action of of kicking um, conversions yep. or, or penalties is hurting him yep. as opposed to kicks in play. Uh, but there's there's even been times in other games where he's been on the field yeah. and hasn't taken kicks. Yep. Um, the news about uh, Tamari Martin's obviously absolutely Yeah, it sort of, started, sort of started out at six weeks and then, you know, then they do the Go real on. scans and then he's gone for the yeah. season. And not only gone for the season, but gone with a, a, a very difficult injury to... You know, he has to manage it very carefully to, when he comes back because it's one of those things that could that could really fuck his entire career. If it is know. it is it ironic that he, you know, all of a sudden he's being called a young Benji Marshall and then he's yeah, fucked with the shoulder, shoulder industry. Fucked. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, I, I was very happy with the fact that we we matched up to to Cronulla physically. I, th- I think that's been one of the areas we needed to improve on, and we we really went in there and got into the trenches with him mm-hmm. in the middle of the park, uh, and. And putting it squarely, squarely back on us, it, it's our Achilles' heel. It's you look at two two penalties less, yeah, and we win that game. Yep. Um, it, it's discipline down on your try line, uh, un, unless it's a situation where where you were going to give away a try. You're in a penalty way, you know, to, try and goad them out of two instead of six. Yeah, that's it. Um, I. I, I don't know why there's this habit now of of well it's okay to give away another set of six on your line. Yeah, you know. Well, um, look at the end of the day. If you're, I mean, if you're a, a dominant defensive side like you know the Roosters of you know 2013 and like that that minor premiership era were, if you if you can, if you're happy to back yourself, like you, you're pretty sure mm-hmm. that you know you you got such belief that no one's getting through. Yep. Then why the fuck not? Make them go up in increments of two or, yeah. or squander penalties, you know? I mean... I, I just think it's a it's a bad strategy now, especially with these new interchange rules. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it can, you know, sap you. I mean, you don't want to be doing like seven sets in a row or anything like that, you know? But. The, other, the other thing is, there's not many teams in, in the comp now, I'd say, other than other than the Cowboys and Melbourne. Yeah. Who are... And, and Brisbane on occasion, who are just consistently applying pressure and getting repeat sets. Yeah, yeah you know, sure. Soward gave a masterclass in it the week before yeah, against yeah. the Roosters, where he just camped us down there. Yeah. Um, but when teams aren't doing that now, because yeah. they're too afraid of that seven tackle yeah. restart, why give them the pressure? Yeah. So uh, that, that's my take on it. But the, what I'd really like to see moving forward from the Panthers is to play with a little bit more depth out wide in attack. Uh, I, I think that we play, you know, a, a very quick, fast flat outside back line yep. and I'd really like to see some more room and and on the right hand side we've obviously got the, the personnel to take advantage of that room yep. you get any one of our outside backs there you know even Faro when he's back yeah. um, Blake looks like he's hurt himself unfortunately so yeah, that's a, what was that what did he end up was it ribs it's, it's something it was, it, was, yeah. it was something you know it didn't look good um, I wasn't sure what the actual but, verdict uh, was after the scans and the rest of it look and and again, you, you know, good timing that that Faray's back this week. But um, on on the left hand side, I'd really love to see Josh Mansour getting a little bit more room and getting early ball. You know, yep. he, he's a proven tackle buster, 
and the fact that he now really only ever gets gets the ball when he's he's dancing with the sideline and he's hemmed in with nowhere to go. He's a good finisher, but I, I don't think we're using him to his full potential. But um, Cronulla again, so the James Maloney show. He he's yep. out there loving every single minute of competition, and and that's gone a long way to bringing up the attitude. How about that hit for fucking Luke Lewis? Oh, Luke Lewis almost at Lord Moylan. Just one of the greats. That was like a, that was a Steve Matai special coming from the right side and everything. Just like <laughs> fucking lifted, legal. It's as good as you can hit someone legally in today's climate. It it was and it it's was just amazing. It was almost as if he looked over him. Yeah, and just said, "2003, cunt." <laughs> I was a blonde, broken prince while you were still in your daddy's sack. <laughs> <laughs> Beer Boy 182 Watching the Channel 9 Sunday game They've mentioned X Factor Four times in five minutes Pre-kickoff What an insult to injury From eating a bag of dicks For Jay (laughs) (laughs) Caleb Shanks With so much X Factor From the Sharks It was ultimately one With Y Factor Why the fuck Would you rely on Soward At Highway Underscore Penrith was so So brave As a reward for their bravery, Sharks fans won't let them go home empty-handed. Bags of dicks for all. (laughs) Mitch Doyle, 13. Panthers fans must be fucking crushed. Fourth two-point defeat of the season. Hash X failure. And uh, Luke Shark, 74. Penny for your thoughts, Penrith Panthers? Or dicks for your bag? Hash upped up Cronulla. (laughs) The homoeroticism of... They've really taken this bag of dicks thing. It's become a thing now. It's like, it's a Cronulla thing. Like, they've, they've even moved into that thing of just, you know, what I'm really doing is just offering my cock to you, <laughs> and I need to disguise it with this insult. If that's how you want to roll... Fucking... Hey, you were talking about throwing throwing somewhere around, 45 minutes, I believe. Yeah. You know, but, but if, you, if you want to start giving your dicks out to other rugby league fans, come out and say it. Be proud. <laughs> Be proud. The Mighty Manly Sea Eagles 26 defeated Newcastle Knights 10 at Hunter Stadium. Great crowd, just over 19,000 in attendance. And um, the Knights, or sorry, I'll go to Manly, 26 came and tries to BJ Lawrence, Willie Arm, Tommy Turbo, Jake Turbo. Uh, three or four conversions from Jamie Lyon, two penalty goals. And the Newcastle Knights 10 came from tries to Nathan Ross and Danny Levy and uh, Trent Hodkinson, one of two conversions. Curse is broken. Broken. Mate, I'll leave this one to you. Congratulations, Braden William. I can't imagine how fucking ordinary it would feel to play fourteen games of first grade rugby league and lose every fucking one of them. It would be it would be terrible. Only so congratulations on getting your win. Not congratulations to the Manly Digi on the other hand, when um, a mate of mine, uh, who's on Twitter, Berkeley Eagle Berkeley underscore Eagle, when he very fucking Playfully and good-naturedly said, you know, how does you know how does how does Braden feel now that the curse is lifted or something like that? And the Digi replied something like, you know, something about keyboard warriors. So go fuck yourself, Cuzzo, you fucking idiot. Like, I mean, get a sense of humour. I mean, he wasn't saying anything bad about the guy. He was talking about something that everyone's fucking, you know, that's pretty common. Everyone's been talking about. He just wanted to know how he felt after winning his first game, dickhead. That, that's like mates having a drink, good-natured, ribbing yeah. level. Fucking digis, man. Fuck, that could have been worse. I swear to God, they're fucking some of the lowest forms and of you life. Know, when when <sighs> you sit there and and you got people smashing you for for employing the the, the dirty scum rapist. Yeah, not saying shit about keyboard warriors then. Yeah, like, not saying a word. Just yeah. hide behind your keyboard yourself, mate. 
And then, you know, and, and some, especially someone who's like a, a very, very big fan of the club, goes to the fucking games, all, you know, goes to all the games, member, buys, all, you know, fucking relax yourself, man. Yeah. Um, once again, another another you know, incremental improvement. Um, Cherry Evans back, and you know certainly our our kicking game and our you know, our options look better already. Mm-hmm. Also, it's translated into like attacking with a little more depth, to the extent that when the 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 movements would go out to the left hand side, that would you know ultimately end up with ordinarily you know Tafua, but you know in this case William. Matai actually started getting ball in the situation where he was, you know, in like a two-on-two or a two-on-one mm-hmm. where he could sort of try and draw and then and pass to the winger to put him away. And it's been a little while. I mean, it's been kind of stopping at Dylan Walker for a while there and not actually getting out that far. Yeah. So this looked a lot better. The forwards, again, improving improving every week. I mean, even Nate Miles, I mean, like his first month was a very fucking low benchmark that he set. However, he's actually, he's been okay. Like, he's, I'm not going to upgrade him to... to good or great but he's been okay which is much better than you know what he was serving up so you know in the spirit of you know constant improvement i hope that keeps happening Vave, i mean that guy has he's earned himself a new contract he was on the chopping block at the start of the season mm-hmm. if he didn't lose uh, you know 25 kilos in the off season yeah. which he did and he's he has all the fucking makings of like a cult hero for manly people around him i mean he's the the guy that really rips in i mean because he's the the traditional prop that has like you got yeah Brenton Lawrence is not big and Nate Miles mm. is not big yeah um but Vava is fucking big he's <laughs> the intimidator mean, he's lost yeah. he's lost 25 kilos but he's still running around at 115 <laughs> kilos I mean like he's he's a big dude and he's like one of those forwards like you know I guess like a Cassiano sort of you know like yeah, yeah it can be like a cult figure so god um, that size well to lose 25 kilos you're just gonna go and buy some Metamucil <laughs> <laughs> just tell you, just eat some Mexican food or <laughs> something. <laughs> um, otherwise, I mean, like just, uh, Jamie Lyons' goal kicking this season's been, frankly and surprisingly, amazing. I don't, I don't mm. know what's changed in the off season and what his new regime. I'd love someone involved in the club to to let me know if he's changed anything or if it's just for whatever reason, you know, maybe niggling injury, you know, cleared up over the off season or something. But even from the touchline, he's been almost like a fucking laser this year. Yeah. And if he misses, it's very, very close. I, th- I th- don't know what his record was. I think he may, he's maybe missed four goals all season or something. It's, it's amazing. So I'm um, good on him on that. I mean, he's definitely, you can, you're can starting to see that he's he's definitely slowing down, uh, you know, not as dominant as, as, as he used to be, not as reliable as he used to be. So with his retirement, I think he sees it as well. And his retirement call today, you know, was in recognition of that, that, this this year will be the last year, and he won't be. He certainly won't be able to do it again. Um, so you know, I guess big ups to him for for recognising that shit. Um, the the worst thing in this game, unfortunately for us, is uh, the injury toll. Um, with Tommy Turbo, I think he's got a high ankle sprain, so that's gonna that's gonna cost him a couple of weeks. Uh, Brett Stewart, they said one or two weeks on on hamstring. He left the, the field not long after half time, but with his one one or two weeks of Brett Stewart is like, yeah, that could stretch to eight. The way I mean, he any time he gets injured, I just consider consider it to be indefinite. And when he comes back, it's a pleasant surprise. Um, the wrong time of the year to get injuries. It's a it's schedule wise, we've got good turnarounds now. Uh, I think we've got one more five day one coming up pretty pretty soon. But other than that, we're we're all good. But the unfortunate thing is we're playing like you know the top two sides in the competition over the next or top three sides over the next couple yep. of weeks. So uh, that's that's unfortunate. You know, if we can't field you know our optimal side you know, for those games, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, 
and I'd hate to, I'd have no idea what our lineup's going to be. Uh, Trent Barrett, as we get into the team lineups later, he's named the exact same size, even though, side, even though we know for a fact that the two of the players are actually fucked, and there's no way they could possibly play. Um, the Knights, I, I thought Nathan Ross was okay in you know, given limited chances. I almost scored a try, got another one, another good one with a good jump off a high ball. Um, Uate, there's another player that's. A shadow. Yeah. He's the, he's the, he's the artist formerly known as the Uate Pate. Uh, I think I said something on Twitter. I was like, he's, he's now he's like the the, you know, the Aquila Wake. It's just because the, just, <laughs> you know, the, death, the death of his skills. Uh, he's just, he's not the same guy. And he, he dead set bombed the fucking try as well. Like, not good, not good. Heartbreaking and, um, news for Mullen. Man, and, and he just, he backed himself and he, he got through and he almost had almost got himself into that position where you're starting to think about drawing the fullback and passing to the support player to, you know, pretty much score mm. under the sticks at a time when they were down by enough, but it was a time where there was still enough time that maybe it could have given him a Big sniff lift. of a chance. Yep. And just to see him just break through and then just drop, you know, 10 metres, 15 metres later, just drop like he was hit by a sniper. It was soccer and, style, wasn't it? Yeah, and you just saw the leg, and, you know, you, know, you could see him grab the leg, and boom, he was down, and he knew, you know. So it's very unfortunate for a guy that's been yeah. a career punctuated by injury. The only, the only thing I want to say about this game is, in watching it, mm-hmm. I counted more than a dozen different times that they showed that injury. Yeah. Well, when... The poor fucker's lying there. Yeah. His hamstrings just rolled up back into his leg like a fucking tape measure that you've let go of. <laughs> yeah. And and they're just showing over and over and over. Yeah, it's probably and better it's, better better to see it happening because it wasn't like a uh, it wasn't like a hyperextension or a break or anything. No, it wasn't. It's better to see that than to see the poor cunt. You know, no, I, I'd prefer to see nothing at all. I, I yeah. don't I don't need that gross Roman. Oh my god, that yeah. that person's in so much pain. I, yeah. or look I'd, at this I'd rather, I'd rather see the injury happen than see the guy fucking in agony after the you know like yeah. after the. No, fight. no, I'd, yeah, but but, um, but I don't want to say that either. I'm saying problem is the stoppage in play. Go to, your, go to your KFC fucking Serena Williams hot and spicy burger. Like, why is it Serena Williams? They are they using her to advertise it. It's got the black flaps. <laughs> Goodness, you know we're we're better than that. We're we're devolving into, you know. Yeah, you you're better than that, man. You've gladiatorial. You've shown it. Well, we're better than that. I'm talking about the injuries and looking at them over. Yeah, and over I'm talking and over. about the, the burger. Um, and the, the other pleasing thing is the defense is, is still is still improving and getting better uh, with Manly, and, and particularly when there was a, a period there with Steve Matai and Simbin as well. Um, that's always the vulnerable side. And then when you take Matai out of the equation and shorten it up, even more so, leaving Willie Arm out there by himself. And, um, yeah, they were fine. I mean, I think there was one disallowed try maybe in that in that period, or maybe it was the disallowed... I think the Uade disallowed try was immediately after that. So, yeah, I mean, great to, to slow it down and, and hold the Knights out during that period as well. So, um, all in all, good signs. I mean, the injury thing, not good. But uh, otherwise, you know, in the eight, you know, can't complain about that. Spot on. Angry stink. The curse of Willie Arm cured with an Uate. He should just retire now. At Tirana 355. These tweets are all on a theme, I tell you. We didn't play well, but to win with Willie Arm is a feat in itself. <laughs> uh, Mr. Palmer, teacher. 
as much as we can blame bad luck, injuries, and the bunker, we only played for 50 to 60 minutes, lost accordingly. Yes, uh, Ives, 81. Looks like the curse has been broken. Scoring a try at the same time. Hashtag manly hero. Hashtag can't drop him now. Well, of course you could drop him yeah. if you had troops coming back from injury, but we don't. So, yeah. Um, Wally Frogmore. Of course manly would feel, feel the guy called Willie Army on Anzac Day. <laughs> Mitch the Geo, add Jaron Mullins to the politician tag. I bet that cunt owns multiple sets of crutches to go with different outfits. <laughs> and that followed up from a tweet he sent earlier in the week about Kate Snowden retiring through injury. They call him a politician. <laughs> I only seen him for six weeks every three years. Um, it's fucking harsh, man, because he's yeah. actually... Like, that's that's a player he's who's a played his entire career he's a staple. at yeah. your club. I mean, I can't imagine yeah. thinking of Manly. I mean, like, they're a shit players, and they usually get washed out eventually, so you can say stuff about them. Yep. Like your, your Chris Baileys and, and whatnot, your Tony Williams' scissors. But, like, a, a player that's continually crueled by injury, though, that's cold as ice, man. Mm. Uh, St. George Illawarra Dragons, 20, defeated the Sydney Roosters, 18, at Allianz, the traditional Anzac Day clash, bringing a crowd of just under 34,500. The Dragons, 20, came from tries to Widdop, Nightingale, and Firefly Law. Uh, Widdop, two of three conversions and two penalty goals. The Roosters, 18, came from tries to Friend, Mitchell, Ryan Madison on debut. Jackson Hastings, three of three conversions. Yeah, the Dragons, I think, came out a lot stronger. Than the Roosters did. Well, and, of course they did. They shot out to about like 16, 18, whatever the... Well, whatever just, just in intensity and energy. Yeah. They, they yeah. got points off the back of it. Yep. But I really think they caught the Roosters by surprise. Yep. Um, what happened to these guys that couldn't score a fucking point yeah, it, for weeks? These games, though, there's some of these Anzac Day clashes. Yeah. Who, even if it was the, the Premiership favourite versus the Wooden Spoon favourite, you wouldn't pick a winner on it. And, yeah. and, and it's like the Charity Shield one. That's it. He's, yeah, the same thing. The, you know, they, they'll both always get up for it. Yep. Um, yeah, the the Roosters, again, they're, they're lacking a lot of big-name players and, and they lacked a, a bit of direction, but I really thought on paper they, they really should have beaten the Dragons. Yep. Um, they got themselves into a position where they were chasing points and, and that led them just to be sloppy and they gave away far too much football at silly times. The... Yeah, this game. You know, Dylan Nupp is getting all the the praise recently. Yeah, and he's yeah. and he's getting a, a lot of. But just like I love watching James Graham, Sam Moore running the ball back from dropouts or or kickoffs or something. Yeah, he just has no regard for the personal safety of himself or anybody that gets in the way. <laughs> There's no turning the back. There's no deviating before the line. He's just. Just massive, but, but don't uh, you love those? I oh, fucking you it's so good to watch. Oh, it's, love it! It's amazing. But the, um, I'm not sure Mitchell Pierce coming back saves the Roosters. Not necessarily, but uh, uh, Jared where Hargrave, Hargrave's coming back might. Look, he's a bit of a penalty machine himself, and I think that's been their biggest yeah, downfall this a, year. He's an inspiration machine. Yeah. I mean, there's games where he's just fucking taken the opposition on himself and, and just dragged the other cunts with him. So yeah, but I, I really think their real discipline needs to be needs to be looked at as a, yeah. a wider issue because yeah. um, they they should have won this game easily. Um, no one told the Dragons that though. No, and you you've still got no uh, told Cummins that. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> And um, yeah, the, the Dragons, much much like the Titans, are a, a team that nobody seems to have have given much uh, much credit to this year. But they get up and surprise now and then. So yeah, now and then, I think less. I mean, the you know they're also the team that's going to lose. You know, yeah, thirty nil 
no, yeah, we're, we're the Titans, yeah. you know, so far. Yeah, haven't, not... haven't haven't proven to be that side. Mm. You know what I mean, um, Wally Frogman. Obviously, we've spoken about this game at length in terms of the refereeing, so we don't yeah. need to go through it again. Uh, Wally Frogmore, you can't spell a Sydney Roosters without rooted. And I, was, and I had checked that, and yes, um, I can verify that is in fact true. Mitch Door thirteen. <laughs> How's the Roosters fans trash talking their club and all the NRL? Try try being a twenty six year old shark supporter, you sport brats. <laughs> Hashtag real talk. And it's true. They've never tasted from the cup of glory at Giannis underscore Mateus. Before all the Roosters fans whinge and bitch, I fucking love Hash at Ref's help. It's a great feeling to have calls go your way for a change. <laughs> and it's like it didn't really. I mean, you the Dragons fans would have been fucking blowing up deluxe if they yeah. Roosters had a one with those two tries that they yeah. shouldn't have got. Yep. Sexy underscore Bethany 97. Refs almost stole it for the Rorters with that knock-on try, but we were good enough to overcome that shit refering. Nice work. And uh, at Highway underscore. Is there a team that loves rolling in the grass more than Merge? Not sure if soccer or AF or soccer or NRL. <laughs> yeah, Urban Samurai had a couple of dives. Yeah, he, he did get fairly, fairly squarely hurry curried. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure how much of a problem it is though because I've, I've, the refs don't fall for it that often. No, I think that often. Like I mean, they not to say they never do, but they, I, the amount of times when a player's on the ground, yeah. the referee's just like milking. Yeah. Like, they know. Yep. So. I'd love it to come out that they go, if you're on the ground and yep. you can't get up, um, then it's an automatic concussion test. Yeah. And 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 a, and a charged interchange. Yeah. That's That'll it. That'll fucking stop them real yep. quick. Yeah. Um, the Melbourne Storm, 42, defeat the New Zealand Warriors, zero. Amy Park, Monday night foot bitch, 21,233 in attendance. And the Storm, their 42, came from tries to Harris, Glasby, Bromwich, Corabetti, uh, Munster, Cooper Cronk, and a double to a debutant, Vunivalu. Mm. And he also bombed one as well. Uh, Cameron Smith, five of eight conversions. Mate, exactly the same scenario as the Tigers game. Yeah. The, the Warriors were just not there mentally. And, and from the opening stanza... Um, didn't look like they were going to put up any sort of opposition at all. Mm-hmm. And and when you get a team like Melbourne, they've got the experience in the middle that, that's going to win them those close games. Yep. Uh, but if you give their men out wide enough open paddock in front of them, uh, like the Warriors did, yep. then they're going to get one-on-one and they're too big and they're too strong. And that's when you get debutantes scoring 97 tries. Yeah. It, it was just a, a lacklustre defensive effort. And the couple they scored close to the goal line gave Melbourne a giant boner and they just went on and, and finished the job. And did one it of thoroughly. those tries with this fucking pass from Jesse Bromwich. Mm. Like, fucking laser. <laughs> and the commentator calls it. Like, oh, no. It's fucking somebody. Like, uh, there's like a crock or someone in, in the, there. Like, uh, like, <laughs> it just didn't make sense. Like, how's a, how's a fucking guy throwing, like, I mean, like, yeah, forwards have got offloads and that's all part of their game. Yeah. But that wasn't an offload. It was this fucking laser, like, you know, 10 metres to the left. like Undercover uh, halfback. Oh, fuck, man. He's going, he, Bromwich is fucking beasting it at the moment. For I mean, he's like form, one of the form yeah. players of the competition at the moment. Like, just tremendous. Um, you can tell he's taking his leadership role seriously. Yeah. I mean, Vunavali, I mean, like, you know, out in the wing, Melbourne Storm feeding you. 
Yep. Yeah, it was the Troy Bond was trying to be a fucking hero, um, trying to get in a highlight reel or some shit, but um, it was stupid. But he, he made no mistake with the other ones, he, the other chances mm. he had. So, um, and like the Warriors are just like, it's almost like they saw the Tigers get flogged by 60, and so they're like, oh, fuck. They might win the Ivan Cleary sweepstakes. What are we going to do to get rid of this cunt? <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I was I was expecting Melbourne to win. Yeah. Purely based on a, a lack of attacking cohesion. Yeah. From the Warriors, but it played out completely differently. That that was just a non-existent defensive effort. Yeah. Uh, Cardinal twenty-five NZ. You can get NRL birth certificates. Can I get a death certificate for the day I gave up on the Warriors? Uh, at Aussie Jag. Breaking. Blake Ashford asked the Warriors for a release to rejoin the West Tigers. Uh, at Terry Twill. Good of the New Zealand Warriors to lose by 40 to comfort the West Tigers after their drubbing. Hashtag Rocks and Tigers. Hashtag Tigers in decline. Hashtag Airbrew. Uh, at Mario Siegs. If Myth Fadden still has a job tomorrow, Warriors fans should riot. Sadly, they're all too used to these performances. Mm. Previews uh, this week, round nine of the 2016 NRL season. Kicking off Thursday night football, South Sydney Rabbitohs take on the West Tigers at ANZ Stadium. Well, well, well. This mm. is indeed an interesting game between two lacklustre sides that aren't performing as well as they should be or their fans expect, but one of them has a gigantic fucking gear team swinging <laughs> above the coach's box, <laughs> and uh, this could be the one, and traditionally, South Sydney have been the team to beat the Tigers 50 points to four, no matter how the form lines for both teams are going. Yeah. So if that has happened, if that happens this week then JT is fucking gone. Like, the sword just, of fucking Damocles. It swings, it hangs oh. perilously above his head and it will come down and, uh, yeah, it'll it'll fucking cut him down quicker than he yeah. uh, fell now, down the stairs after being punched by David Falongo. Reynolds has been named. Mm-hmm. Am I right in saying I haven't read anything else about his jaw? I haven't read anything else either, but they were saying it was broke again, right? It was suspected there was a fear, broke. yeah. So he's been named. These teams, the teams naming these fucking... T- like, don't get me wrong. Trent Barrett's the worst offender at the moment. But oh, it's just so fucking unreliable. I guess we'll see. And I mean, don't read too much into it. It's the best I can say. And did Sam cop anything from the judiciary from his cheap shot? You know, I don't know if he did because I feel like we would have heard about it because we were recording on Wednesday night. and that stuff's sports, usually mate. That stuff's usually played itself out. I mean, I haven't seen Twitter and everything for a little while. So, uh, you know, it, it may have yeah, happened. If, if Reynolds and Burgess are there, I, I think they've learned their lesson and, and this will be the game that gets their season back on track. So I'm picking Souths. Yep. All right. Um, I just got to fucking... I just, I just saw something really interesting on League Live app and I want to click it and see what they fucking say about this. Um, while we're talking about the Tigers game, just on the homepage of the League Live, there's a, an article with a headline is Tigers hit back at short-sighted critics. So that headline was enticing as fuck for me. <laughs> so I go in there and it says, West Tigers coach Jason Taylor refuses to concede his heads on the chopping block even as his NRL team sit on the cusp of unwarranted un- unwanted history. Oh, there's history. What's the history? Um, oh, shit. Okay. 
the Tigers are looking to avoid losing seven straight for just the second time in the history of the JV. Wow. And they're coming off a five-day turnaround, and they are and and they don't have Tim Grant and Aaron Woods. So, so if that's the, the current worst performance, yeah. and they lose this one, then every loss after that will be the biggest decline in the club's history. Yeah. And I, I hate I hate those, you know, I told you so types. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you motherfuckers so right now. <laughs> I said that, I said the decline. Everyone's like, oh, they won the first two games. They're like, oh, there's no decline. Oh, fucking, we have to retire that hashtag. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like a whammy. Press their luck. And look what look where you are now. Oh, ye of little faith. So, um, look... This is a real. It's a really tough game, because the Rabbitohs are not performing at a level that makes them tippable or backable in any way, shape, or form. But it's the Tigers. But yes, it's the Tigers. But there's like that bounce back after massive flogging thing. If there's there's so many ifs, and one of the biggest ones is, are they inclined to play for you know this coach of theirs? Yeah, that's it. If the answer is yes. Then, then there's all these bounce back factors and things that can come into play, which could allow the West Tigers yeah. to defeat a South side that's been pretty fucking ordinary for most of the year. And the players are smart enough to realise that if they don't want to coach around, all they have to do is lose a bunch of games because the club's not going to get rid of four or five star players. Not at all, yeah. But one coach? Easy. Especially yeah. when the coach was on shaky ground before the season even started, you yeah. know, because he had it at lackluster season last year. And he, you know, he, he kicked the uh, the the Farrow nest as well. So, Spot on. Um, it's tough. I'm going to go with South because I think out of two untippable sides, they're, they're marginally less untippable. Mm-hmm. That's uh, for, that's the only reason. Parramatta Eels take on the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs Friday night football at the Pillow Fortress. The Eels looking to bounce back, and the Dogs. Which week is it? <laughs> It's their loss week. It's their loss. It's is their loss week. So, it is. but their but their win week they weren't so great. So does that mean it was almost like you know this is like an extra good week or is it mm. a, another mediocre week? They've spread the mediocrity over two weeks instead of having a great week and a shit week. Nice, it's an average curve now. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, mean, I think Parramatta will have a point to prove after their loss so loss in North Queensland. Yep. Um, they're at home and. Just, just based on that form, I, I think I'll, I'll go Parramatta on this one. I'm, I'm inclined to go with Parramatta as well. Uh, Bulldogs are way too unreliable. Eels hurting after last week. A, a large part of that, I guess, depends on their their mental preparation for the game. Because I mean, they they did they sort of lost their bundle when they you know had some things go against them, some adversity in that in that game yeah. up at uh, up at uh, one thirteen hundred teeth. So. <sighs> I just feel like that they're they're still probably they're definitely more consistent, and this might be like a, a settler of a week, you know, like yeah. get the hype of that game. This game doesn't really have any any hype attached to it. I mean, it's two sides that are, that are uh, you know thereabouts at the moment, yep. and they've got great history, uh, and usually get great crowds to these games as well. So I mean, you know, looking for a sellout. You know, I'm hoping to announce a sellout on the show next week. But uh, look, I'll have to go. I'm gonna go Eels. And once again, the big if there is uh, which doggy side turns up. Yeah. They, I guess that, that really just, you know, is a factor in how entertaining or how much of a spectacle the game is. Yeah. Uh, the Panthers Panthers take on the Canberra Raiders out of Bathurst. It's the Bathurst round for uh, the Panthers Panthers. Oh, there we go. Um, yeah, I'd like to say I'm 100% confident about this game. Um, there's a couple of things. Canberra have had, had the wood on us 
for a couple of years now um, and, and been able to get over the top of us. But the fact that they're coming off a, a big win mm-hmm. and, and the fact that if there's one defensive quality we've needed to work on this year, it's been on our goal line after a bit of pressure. Yeah. So that there's there's a potential for us to do a mini Tigers. Yep. Um, Seguiara comes back in, Farah comes back in. Uh, I, I think if we play our cards right and keep things very simple and controlled uh, then we should be we've, we've got the quality to get away with this but can um, is, is that a game that, that Penrith are capable of playing look it is we played nine. it well we played it against the Roosters the week before you know if, if yeah. we can go out and, and just put in a performance that was controlled and and structured really that's as Jamie Soward's on yeah so really yeah um, I think we've got it but uh, just looking at Canberra who have they named? Pretty much all of them. I mean, all of the key, all of yeah. the key players are there. I'm, I'm also looking at Austin. See when he comes back, but um, not necessary though. It, oh, look, look, let's not forget they played the Tigers. Yeah, it's true. But they, they haven't beat every team in the competition, and they haven't gone seventy nil on all of, all of the favourites. They beat no. the Tigers. Um, but, so, uh, yeah, I mean, like, but, you know, as far as ladder position is concerned, yeah, 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 there's not a fucking vast <laughs> world between the ladder position of the Tigers and the ladder position of the Panthers. No, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Admittedly, you lose um, by two when they lose by sixty. Yeah, but, for, for it, I guess. You know, they're all the same. But I, I think we need this to be the week that we get back on track yep. and and show that we can overcome the the losses that we've had. Yep, agree. I think if you, you know, if I, I don't think Canberra are the, are the second coming at all, and I, I, if you're not, you know, totally submissive, it <laughs> <laughs> uh, should be a good game, especially if both teams are firing. Uh, Sydney Roosters take on the Newcastle Knights at Allianz Stadium on Saturday afternoon. This one is, as we speak right now, it's probably about as full strength as the Roosters are going to get. Mm-hmm. I would suggest, and. Uh, at the moment, I guess, you know, the, okay, they're missing a couple yeah. of guys, but the big, well, the, you know, hopefully for them, the big ins, Mitchell Pearce back after his enforced holiday for simulated fucking a dog, plus letters. Cordner's back. Letters on seven, in the 17. Yep. So that's that's the big one. I mean, will he start? I mean, he's been, you know, will they rushing back in yeah. I don't think it matters I mean because he is such a a leader a leader by doing you know such an example to, yep. to the forwards and I just think that he can it's it's great that those two come back against the Knights a team that's you know heavily hit by injury uh, Will Pearsall who was the uh, the Manly um, 20s was he was he in the halves yeah he was there the Manly 20s Last year, he moved up to the Knights, and he's making his. It uh, looks like he's making his debut in the six, obviously with um, Jared Mullen blasting his hamstring out. I didn't see this. I didn't see the uh, prognosis on Mullen. Like, is he like a season thing, or is yeah, he like I a, believe he's gone. Yeah. Yep. So, great opportunity for Pearsall. Um, you know, he certainly did pick the wrong side to go to, but uh, <laughs> hey, you, you go where you get a run. Yeah, that's right. And he's, he's getting a run on, and I'm presumably much much faster than you would have thought being behind uh, Mullen and uh, and Hodkinson mm. too so look I, I, the Knights really they tried hard last week but even against a side that was down to 12 men at one point and uh, the team that's not you know the, yeah. the form team in the competition they still got done 13 plus 
The only thing that fucks me off about this game yep. is that the Roosters are going to win. Yep. And then all of a sudden, there's going to be this subsection of fucking cretins who start bleeding that, oh, Mitchell Pearce is back and he's our saviour in state of origin and this, this, this. Oh, I don't think anyone will say that. I mean, he's proven to be a loser in that level of football, right? He'll, he'll be picked again. It's, it's inevitable, unfortunately. So. Why bother? Why do we even do this? <laughs> you reckon Mel Meninga has photos of Laurie Daly getting his salad tossed by a Doberman? I don't know. And that's why Laurie continuously picks Mitchell Pearce? I'm not sure. I mean, like, I, th- I think it's more that Laurie has seen Queensland's template and he's got it into his head that he has to be loyal to a fault because players that have been there before. But, but the thing is, he's loyal to players that haven't done it. Exactly. Haven't done it for his And there's the difference. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to be loyal to a war horse that's given his all in, in series wins and contributed positively to the yep. fucking outcome. But when it's someone who, seem, who, who really only, only contribution is rolling Thurston up to play amazingly... By saying dumb shit, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. and and simulate, you know, and and the best simulated dog fucking, you know, in in NRL, you know, in the last couple of years, mm. and and he is an absolute mental mousetrap, Mitchell Pierce. Yeah, two yeah. two comments, and he's gone. He snapped, yeah. and he's gone. Yeah, he's worse than soured. However, club level, eh. amazing. And if he if he comes back with any sort of form whatsoever, I, th- I don't think the Roosters yeah. are going to have much trouble with the Knights, no, to be honest. That's it. The mighty Manly Seagulls take on the North Queensland Cowboys Saturday night at Brookvale Oval. Who fu- like, Honestly, it's really difficult to speculate on this game because who fucking knows who's going to be playing? It's just... it's. I'm, I'm, <laughs> no, it's not, it's not difficult to speculate. I, 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 don't, I just don't know. Cowboys 13+. plus. Like, Matty Parcell, is he going to be back? He was supposed to be a hair away from being back last weekend. He was named for last week, last week's game, or Monday's game. Didn't play. Um, it's it's really uh, it's, it's really interesting. Who if it's really fight? difficult to speculate, you guys are getting 345 at the moment. Is it yeah. difficult to speculate now? Manly, love, they love playing the North Queensland Cowboys at Brookvale Oval. Some of the Cowboys' most most dour and fucking miserable <laughs> defeats have happened at Brookvale Oval. And I've got absolutely no doubt that, that it's going to happen again this week. Um, you know, high-flying high flying favourites are always ripe for the picking, uh, especially at inhospitable Brookvale Oval. And uh, hmm. yeah, I, think, I think the Cowboys are... Uh, are going to overlook Manly in this game, and they're going to—they're not only going to lose; they're going to actually lose by thirteen plus. It's a big call. The more you put on, the more you get back. You probably fucking quintuple your money. The New Zealand Warriors take on St George Illawarra Dragons, Mount Smart Stadium, Sunday midday. Hmm. Well, they proved last week that when they're rocks, they're a fucking quarry. Yeah. Yeah. It- I've just got this thing, it, even though... The Dragons fucked them up in the preseason. Yep. You know, remember? Yep. By a lot. I can't remember the final scoreline, but I think it was like 40 to 40 something to in the teens, perhaps. It wasn't good. No no RTS. Not not that he's going to lose games by not being there just, just on his lonesome, but the the way they played against Melbourne hits me as some, some bigger issues in the club rather than just a, a speed bump. Yeah. Um, and... I, I think if the Dragons can can control the football and capitalise like they did against the Roosters, take yep. advantage with some high energy play early on, um, then then they'll come away with the bickies. So one to twelve, I'm going the Dragons. 
this tough though. I mean, the question mark is: Do the Dragons want to be coached by Myth Fadden? Mm. If they do, they'll play accordingly. If they don't, they'll play like they did on Monday. It's just it it it's just vexing when you look at this Warriors lineup, and even some of the games they played this season with the yeah. lineup. How the fuck did they get held to nil by anybody? Yeah. Oh my. Like, yep. It just it does my fucking head in. Mm. I, I'm loath to tip the Dragons to do anything, especially on the road after how some of their road trips have ended up this season. To me, it's the Widdop factor. You know, he's on at the moment. He's playing yeah. sensational footy, and he doesn't have Benji fucking things up for him. Yeah. That's tough, man. As much as it pains me. Yeah, I think it pains me to do the same. Dragons. There you go, kiss to death, motherfuckers. <laughs> Gold Coast Titans take on the Melbourne Storm Sunday afternoon at Hope Solo Coliseum. Mm. Once again, it'll be dress-as-a-seat day for the Titans fans. Don't forget. And um, Storm will uh, capitalise on their on their great form. The Titans will put up more fight than the Warriors. However... Please see previous statement. Please see, exactly. And I presume that that statement will be able to be repeated next week on show that's it Cronulla Sutherland Sharks versus Brisbane Broncos Sunday 4pm at Reclaim Australia Stadium this this has got the uh, all the fixings to be game of the round well I mean it's yeah I mean technically it's it's been selected by Channel 9 as yeah. such and uh, it has the features two of the higher teams on the ladder it's probably the the most highest ranked team versus most highest ranked team yep. clash on the ladder but in terms of who to pick mm-hmm. uh, your friend and mine Sam at uh, at Mr. Wars seems to think that Brisbane are just going to win every game this season yeah <laughs> That dude's fucking, he's always like in, in a, a hallucinogenic, like, you know, hunger paying, you know, ran fucking 42 kilometers, you know, days. Um, Dude doesn't think right. And at the moment, I, I think Cronulla have have the form and, and have the personnel to trouble Brisbane. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, Brisbane are a big, strong team. Yeah. Uh, but... Cronulla is as strong as they are up up and around the middle of the park to to have barbers and and options outside him like yep. Bird um, like Holmes it's there um, look I'm going to go Brisbane but it's going to be close I'm going to go Brisbane and um, yeah I, see I still can't bring myself to rate the Sharks although I will acknowledge that they are they're starting to actually throw attack together mm. they're starting to score points they're not just like grinding people out uh, which was previously all they could do. So they're actually, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're playing okay. I don't find that their home ground is the thing just yet because they're one of these sides. They're like a, like the football equivalent of like cashed up bogans. There's too many non-white they've people in there got, for it to be a thing. Well, they've just got their... They, they, they just have... Uh, like they're just newly found form. Yeah. Newly found they're quality. They're new money. Exactly. New money. So... I'm not sure that it's it's quite a thing yet for them to have, uh, you know, a, a dominant home game that kind of thing. Look, at the end of the day, Broncos form team. Broncos are the team you tip. Uh, anything else is is tipping you know a pretty big up, upset. I'm not sure the money is. What's the money on this game? Um, hang on. Broncos have to be fairly comfortably favoured in this, right? 
Is that? Uh, I mean, you're not going to tell me the burden. I'm. I'm just thinking about burden. Fecky up against Reed. Yeah. Oh, oh. Uh, sharks are two dollars twelve. Broncos are dollar seventy five. Yeah. Okay. I thought which which is probably bit. probably close to the best odds Brisbane yeah. have had all, all season from a betting perspective. Yeah. Um. Corey Oates first try scorer again. That's the thing. I mean, does that does that count against a side that's you know decent on defence? <laughs> Is it going to happen elsewhere? You know, I, I'm just thinking. I, look, I think it can happen. I mean, there's you know, there's certainly inexperience out there on the wings and Cronulla. I mean, yep. they can. I, th- I think why not? I mean, I'm going to put my five bucks on just like I always do. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah, so look, I think the Broncos, the Broncos are going to win. Yep. full time for episode 219 thanks for listening everyone as always you can interact with us on twitter so follow at TWI league uh, also on facebook.com forward slash this week in league so make sure you, you hit the like for the page uh, share the posts around all that sort of thing help us share the word, spread the word and as we always say that iTunes is one of the best ways to spread the word if you can give us a rating and even better a review and subscribe on iTunes it's a great thing and holy fuck this week is uh, review a palooza probably the biggest single week for reviews we've had in the history of the show. Uh, I have no less than seven <laughs> new reviews. <laughs> Unfucking believable, right? Um, Stuart Marler, uh, there's something about these two, five stars. It's easily the funniest rugby league podcast going around. It's easily the most informative rugby league podcast going around. The hosts are nuts for their own teams. Manly and Penrith, if you must know, but still do a good job of being objective and accurate about all teams, particularly the Tigers, whose decline they've charted for many years. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I actually got the, the screenshots cut off the bottom half of the review, Stuart, so I can't go with the rest of it. But we've got so many to get through. Thank you very much, sir. I'll read the rest of it next week. Um, Hoop Doggy Dog. If only the English language had a word for it. Five stars. This is a second review, just because the first review didn't do this cracking podcast justice. It has the X factor other podcasts often lack. <laughs> Hashtag eggplant emoji. Um, Caleb Shanks, titled X Factory. Five stars. New recruit Jay is bringing genuine X factors to the table this year. Tune in to hear the boys celebrate the X factors of each round and predict which potential X factors will give their team the X factor in the weeks ahead. Erebus Chaos. Five stars. Bringing the X-Factor like Guy Sebastian. <laughs> the boys take it one week at a time and give 110% every pod. Jay the stepdad has really brought X-Factor to the pod this season. Refreshingly unbiased team reviews and won't hit the children with his belt when kids get into him on Twitter. Nate's X-Factor is just pure, unabashed, straight shooting, manly bias and cracking performances every show. This pod has the X-Factor. Great blokes talking about footy like you would round a barbecue with mates. Not for the faint of heart. Get on Twitter, join in the fun and let Jay know who the X-Factor is this week. <laughs> Um, we got on a blood buzz who's who's almost season ticket holder number one for us. I mean, he's been uh, we've had to, we've had what the memberships in in fourteen and fifteen. So this is the third yep. year about to start up for memberships. He was definitely the first one last year, and um, yeah, nice work. And I'll, and I'll I'll never forget. You know, he he sent us that um that gif of the tiger just in my constant free fall the other week and uh, he's also the guy that ordered a um, uh, a one in a row t-shirt and uh, and for the shipping address 
put uh, to Mal Meninga care of QRL and their address. So just just tremendous work from uh, from Ben. But uh, he said uh, if Al Swearingen was a rugby league fan, he'd listen to this week in league five stars. He would too. There's a million fine-sounding podcasts in the in the world, but they don't all bring you lasagna to work. And neither does this week in league. Hi, I'm Ben. You may remember me from such reviews as Gogglebox's is appetizing as a koala's clacker, and God Girl and Gone Girl made me hate my wife. I've been a long-time listener of Twill, however. I'm not a hasty soul, so I thought I'd give them at least 200 episodes before imparting my measured point of view. It's difficult to review a podcast so soon after a co-host substitution, but as they say in show, as they say in showbiz, the show should keep doing stuff. <laughs> Glenn's demise by the bloodthirsty hands of nature in the off-season was a disorienting revelation, but nonetheless reasonable. <laughs> R.I.P. Glenn, Vailar Morgalis. <laughs> Luckily, after the uncoiling of this ill-fated event, Jay was more than exhilarated to assume the position and straddle the responsibility of filling the snug yet suspiciously bulgy place on Nate's lap. And let me tell you, after adjusting to the change like my elastic waistband after night at Hog's Breath, I've been absolutely charmed. The new pairing have hit it off like Donald Trump and a person who starts sentences with I'm not racist, but... <laughs> the X factor these gentlemen bring to the studio is really laid bare for all to hear. You could just imagine them staring intently into each other's eyes, ignoring the moist spittle on their microphones and the haunting odour of Glenn's ghost as they rummage through the, the league issues of the week with unembellished and invigorating honesty. A weekly pleasure that makes a long commute much more tolerable. Five wholehearted stars. Keep it up, lads. And that is, without a shadow of a doubt, the greatest review. Jesus. <laughs> Fuck me, Dad. It was a long one, too. Like, I did, they, they don't clearly don't have a limit. On that's that's reviews. poetic. But just the just the thought and just the fr- the phrasing of oh. it is just it's pure poetry. Oh. Uh, that That's one to frame. Um, we go on. Has a has. Five stars. Bringing the X Factor. <laughs> What happens when two X-Factors combine? The X-Squared Factor. Synonymous with the phrase, did you hear the X-Factors latest podcast? And man, that pod really has the X-Factor. Twill redefines the modern day interpretations of X-Factor. I'm honestly offended. Five stars by Braden underscore Willie all these guys ever do is run my name through the dirt week in, week out. I practically won the game for Manly this weekend against the always tough Newcastle Knights, but I'm sure I'll get no credit. I just want the recognition I deserve. Regards, being really army. Hashtag, just broke the curse. Hashtag, one win, 14 losses. Hashtag, hurt. Hashtag, rise against bullying. Hashtag, superstar in the making. Uh, you fucking idiots. I oh. appreciate each and every one of you, and those reviews were amazing. They're all amazing. Seven in a week is... Incredible, <laughs> incredible. Um, now, and as as those reviews show, I mean, one of the best ways you can support the show. Hit the subscribe button on iTunes. Uh, give us a review and a rating, and uh, you too will uh, hit your review read out on the show. Um, and some massively high bars to leap now, guys. I mean, if you've left your review, if you've left it too late, and uh, you, you haven't done it yet. Yeah, you're gonna. Have, it's gonna take you a lot longer because you've got a lot of thought to put into it. You, your review's almost like the West Tigers run to the finals. Yeah, it's almost a mountain too high, isn't it? Uh, Supercoach, the Twill Nation group at the moment is once again led by NZ underscore Magpie fifty four, SFC, Fijian Eels in third, Ram and Robbo. So the mines they're actually going down. Um, Craig, there's a joke in that for you and uh, Robbo, no doubt. The Wendells, Silver Foxes, too much tuna, too much tuners, Diggers of Fortune, the Pool Sharks, and Bash the Bish, which I believe is the first time I've seen those guys in the top ten. Tipping, 
Okay, we've got a couple of guys tied on top. Desi's Ducks and David Kingston, and they've made a break of two points on uh, the rest of the field. Following them on 45, two points back, we've got Bulldog, Wixie, Matthew, Bell, Whitey, and Dugues. And one point back, we have Norts, Lemon, Solzy, Half, Nelson. Um, ladder competition. I didn't have a chance to get the ladder competition results again, and um, that's really slack, so hoops. Hey, fucking send me some stuff through. Uh, DJ Explain, you two, send me some stuff through uh, so we can figure out what the fuck's going on, hey? Um... And of course... Have they just run off together? Have they finally think, discovered each other? I think they have. And there's, there's banging, banging, just finger-bashing statistics into each other. It's a... Ma- each other's orify. A master, master and apprentice sort of situation with... with Possibly. With explain wearing a, a sensual black robe. Please tell me more about your master and apprentice <laughs> experiences. <laughs> well, it wasn't the band, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Because <laughs> that would be that, that would be uh, sex with really old men. <laughs> um, and uh, once again, uh, I'm going to shout out uh, some other podcasts that I do as well. Uh, if you're into MMA, get around this week in MMA. Find it on iTunes, of course, and uh, start another one up. It's episode six this week. Uh, pop culture, TV, movies, comics, etc. The Rocks and Diamonds podcast. Just look up Rocks and Diamonds on iTunes, and you'll find that one as get well. Get into that one, and that it's is phenomenal. The, uh, with the esteemed uh, co-hosting of uh, Hilgenfeld, who has done many, many weekly strips, uh, comic strips for This Week in League. And, of course, he did the 200th episode anniversary print that we did last year as well. So, uh, yeah, get around that one as well. And that is it. And we fucking prepared our asses off this week. I swear, we prepared ourselves, sat down, all right. Two hours. We're fucking doing it. Under two hours this week. We're just going to smash it out. And here we go. And I'm sitting here and editing's going to change the placement of things. But as I sit here with the fucking raw file ticking away, it's two hours 38 coming up to two hours 39. Given. So it's actually the longest fucking episode we've done. In this an hour era. and 38 minutes of that was reading reviews. Yeah, pretty much. So you brought it on yourselves. Love your work. See you next week. Thanks, Will Nation.